0: WoWkiller is a production of AMove.tv. Check out AMove TV for many more podcasts, multiple about Blizzard games. And for more of Taliesin's WoW coverage, check out Taliesin and Evitel on YouTube and Twitch.tv. and welcome back everyone and more importantly happy new year this is wow killer i'm garrett here is what always are you talking Hell about is. happy new year do you know what date it is garrett it's close you know enough
1: it's not you know it's not no it's not cl- like what are you even talking about happy new year this will be just had christmas oh i said you can't say christmas anymore can you you can't even say it. we just had christmas <laughs> that's when you're wishing people happy don't it's you not, it's not new
0: year we wore the, on new christmas year? me I, I live in this. I live in the United States of America, where we invented the war on Christmas. Okay, all right. Don't you try and mansplain the war on Christmas to me, Talies. And I. We. This is where it's manufactured.
1: This. I mean, that's definitely true. This time. Um, this this time in between Christmas and New Year, which we're in right now, where we still eat turkey, we still wear scarves and Christmas clothes and pyjamas quite a lot. Do you know what I call it? And you're never really quite sure what day it is. I call it the smelly bridge. The smelly bridge. Why? It's, the smelly bridge. it's like the bridge between Christmas and New Year. And it's smelly because you don't really wash
0: and you eat lots of cheese. And pickled onions. I mean, it sounds like if you're eating that many pickled onions, you should probably wash a little. You should probably make a concerted effort to wash a little bit more.
1: And it's how I I'm feel really about into Garrett's life here, which I'm not sure I approve of. Like what? Uh, sorry, I've eaten so many pickled onions. I'm going to need a shower. How do you eat pickled onions, Garrett? Do you get them in your mouth or do you just like do you just do you just wash them over your head? I go, oh, all those pickled onions I poured all over myself. Now I'm going to have to shower. And everyone's like,
0: yeah, Garrett, one day you have to learn how to eat those. You things. clearly live somewhere colder than me, because if I eat a bunch of pickled product and start to sweat, you know, it stinks a little more than you. Right. Okay.
1: I mean, my breath does, but that can be, you know, that can be nullified by simply brushing my teeth or, frankly, not bothering because who am I going to see? I live who in the, I, like We're in a, we're in a tier <laughs> 12 lockdown here in London right now. We're not allowed out to piss. It's as simple as that. We are locked in down. That's why every, you're lucky I'm not wearing a tuxedo right now because I have to like make a real effort to even do anything in the days. Now I have to dress up in my best clothes and put on like, you know, perfume and stuff and, and no, you, you don't. know, really make an effort because I
0: can't go out
1: and make an effort so I have to make an effort in my own home.
0: We're in a historic, we're, we're at a historical point for married people because the the old adage is like you're married, who are you trying to impress? You you let yourself yeah. go. But no, you are stuck in the same place as your spouse 24/7. This you need you need to try harder. This well
1: is- luckily for me, luckily for me, my my wife is so perpetually unimpressed by me just as a default. <laughs> but I'm in the habit of of trying to impress her all the time
0: we found common ground tell you yes. it's
1: difficult because now i've got a baby who frankly is really easy to impress you know so i've got oh, i've got my wife who you know needs attention and like love and uh, understanding and things like that i've got my baby i'll just make a funny face and that dude is cackling. That dude thinks I'm the funniest guy on. I'm just pulling a little faces. He's all like, oh, oh, "Oh, Dad, you're so funny!" And all your wow theories are correct. And I'm like, "Yeah, I know it, Annie.
0: I know." I mean, I've I've um, watched your YouTube channel, us, and like that's also the same your same strategy for making YouTube videos.
1: It's a fact, and it's worked pretty well so far. Yeah, you <laughs> know how I make thumbnails for this, this show? <laughs> 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 just so you know, fair. Fair. I know. I'm sure like anyone who's ever seen our show or knows anything about our uh, like uh, our channel or and the people involved in our channel are all like incredibly sympathetic and feel very, very sorry for me that I have to be locked in a house with Evertel all day, every day. It's so difficult. It's so hard. It's like, you know, when I went to Florence, I went to well, you don't, I'm gonna tell you. I went to Florence, right, once, and Florence is one of the most beautiful cities on earth, but it's like it's almost like, and, and, and um, it's almost like painfully beautiful. It's like, um, uh, I, and I've, I found this in the Alhambra as well in, in Spain. It's like so beautiful that it's actually like tiring. It, it's actually like exhausting because everywhere you look, there's like such exquisite kind of detail and refinement and just like beauty that like it, it genuinely wears you out and tires you out. And it's the same living with Evertel. It's why I sleep so much. It's a fact, you know, I'm sure you get the same living in, in Florida.
0: I mean, we're the, the geographical combination of the swamp of sorrows and booty Bay. Uh, <laughs> but yeah, sure. <laughs> I actually love my state, but uh no, No, it is not. It is not so beautiful that it's tiring because I am not a millionaire, so I don't get to live on the beach 24-7.
1: Ah, right. I see. I see. But a beach is at least like an open, like, you know, I live live near a beach some of the time as well. and, And like, you know. I grew up by a beach and yeah, it's it's beautiful, but it's like an open expanse. Like the thing about Florence or, or the Alhambra or something is that it's so like densely packed and like you can't even look around. Everywhere you look, it's just like, oh, in your face, just obscene beauty. And it's, it's shattering, much like World of Warcraft, which is why I can only play it for a little bit at a time. I mean, like, I did
0: pick great. Ardenweald as my, or uh, Night Fae as my Covenant. So that is my daily experience. I'm just like, oh, it's yeah, just so I mean, beautiful. I'm bored. Honestly, I think that, um, Ardenwield is
1: probably the zone that i've spent the least time in overall since the game went live um, uh, i don't know why actually but every time we go there i am i'm bowled over uh, is that your favorite zone to be in is that your favorite zone to quest around so far
0: uh yeah yeah it's just i i i i've got a soft spot for forests as someone who uh it, back in 2005 first logged in to Teldrassil that was the first place i ever stepped virtual foot in in world of warcraft so i've got a real mm, it hits me right in the in the night elf heart uh yeah. you know pretty high fantasy forests i've just got a soft spot for it and and this is this is just to a degree i didn't think that they could push high fantasy forests so yeah i think i would give my favorite zone to ardenweald on top of the fact that i've just been spending so much time there that it kind of feels like my virtual home in the shadowlands um yeah. I thought it was going to be Revendreth, but it's so inconvenient to move around that zone um, that I went a full week without going to Revendreth. I just I was like, is there an armor upgrade? No, I'm not going. It's such an it's like uh, Revendreth is the World of Warcraft equivalent of Los Angeles highways. That's what it feels like. I feel like I'm stuck in traffic instead of except instead of being stuck in traffic I'm waiting for an elevator that inexplicably takes 5 minutes to lower to me. Fair. Honestly,
1: the zone that I enjoy questing around the most
0: is Bastion. I love that shit. Bastion's the so most great. convenient cuz that, that Bastion's like Florida. There's almost is no right, elevation right? change. Yeah, it's, sweet. <laughs> it's all flat. With the exception of the one big floating platform in the middle. But also because it's just stunningly beautiful. And
1: I think it's got some of the best designed, like, uh, views and vistas. And, like, some of the best planned kind of... uh, You know, there'll be a point where I'm uh, running along, like, a little path in Bastion. And I'll be going down, like, the edge of a ravine or something. And, like, yeah, they have thought to build a path there with, like, a viewing platform and stuff. To see the cool books all floating up in the air and stuff like that. And it just feels like... It feels like the best. It feels like people arrived in this landscape and built on it with the landscape in mind, which video game um, worlds don't often feel like. They often feel like the the buildings and the settlements and things were designed at the same time as the landscape because they are always. Um, so, like you know, really good game design and, and, and geographical game design. Always feels like the the landscape was there first, and people kind of arrived there and built on it as they would have done, had they arrived there. And they went, okay, well, look, there's this thing over here. Let's we want to build something so we can look at it, obviously. And like, we're going to need a path down to the river here. And like, and it's it's amazing how difficult that must be to do, be, judging by the fact that so many video games don't quite manage it, or sometimes just flat out miss it completely. And for me, Ardenweald really gets that. Uh, not Adam, so Bastion really gets that. Yeah. And, okay. um, yeah
0: ba- Bastion, progressed. like it, it's to me, it's the equivalent of like like your favorite song on an album where like the first time you heard it, you like hated it. You're like, ah, this is just oh, this is so not it. But then like months of living with that album, you're like, oh man, it's so it's so different and wonderful and nuanced. And because the first time I saw Bastion and then also at BlizzCon played the demo, I was just like, ah, it's just like somebody watched that opening scene from Gladiator too many times and just they, boy, they just had a hard on for wheat. They just wanted wheat fields. It was, they were just too into it. Um, but the, having it in the live game and having spent a a lot longer time with it in a, in a, per, a permanent setting, not in a, a testing environment. Yeah. Bastion's really grown on me, man. They, they, there's some, there's some subtle art cues in there that, that mm-hmm. really sing. And really work. Um, same with Shout like. Shout the- out
1: as well to like the weather change effects in Shadowlands because, you know, it, it, it was apparent after just the, the slightest bit of alpha testing that, you know, there's no day and night in the Shadowlands. I remember tweeting it out and Steve News are like, yeah, there is no day and night in the Shadowlands. Obviously, noob. I was like, okay. It's a bit weird though because we're so used to kind of time change and day and night cycles and weather changes as well. Uh, and actually it's amazing how much variety they managed to find in that. Like every zone has at least one kind of alternative weather state that it kind of goes into, you know, bastion has like the weird, like angel snow. Have you seen that? It's like glowy angel snow. The, the sky yeah. just goes a bit pinker and everything gets a bit more like hazy and you get this angel snow that comes down and it's amazing. And then in um, Ardenweald, you've got the uh, like the angel, the star rain, which is like shooting stars just coming down. Yep. And at first, you think you're getting ganked by uh, a balanced Druid, and then you're like, "Oh no, it's just it's just weather. This is amazing. This is fantastic." Uh, Maldraxxus has like it goes dark and it goes kind of like um, Batman Forever. <sighs> You know, where, where Robin in Batman forever, he goes off adventuring on his own. He comes up against that gang and they're all
0: like, uh, oh, you the know. gang of, uh, of, of black light paint. Yeah. The black light gang. Yeah. Yeah. And <laughs> they uh, had too like many that. mushroom posters on their, goodness. on their bedroom walls.
1: Yeah. <laughs> and then he rescues this girl and, and she's like, wait, you didn't kiss the girl. <laughs> I hate that movie and um, I don't I love it and um, and you get the souls just flying in the air it's really awesome like kind of one Sandy style just in the air there and uh, Revendreth is blood rain which is amazing
0: yep uh, yep I really cool. who 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 doesn't love a good blood rain well yeah uh,
1: Slayer certainly do that's for sure I made a heavy metal joke hope you enjoyed it I I, I did I did that's um, that. Um, so, what's your favorite? Wait, 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 wait. What's your favorite? What's your favorite weather state in Shadowlands? Maybe we should call the episode that. What's your favorite? And we we're can just, be done. We're just gonna sit here yeah. talk about weather effects. <laughs> this is the topic. We can be done. We've already like talked about it. We just need your like judgment, and we can finish. We can I, I do home. rather like
0: yeah. the angel, the angel snow. Yeah, I like the, angel the, the snow particle. Well, there you have it, ladies and gentlemen. Another episode of Bow <laughs> Killer. Slow falling or floating particle effects in video games, it, it just works. It works in movies, too. It does. Uh, it, it's really good at selling atmospheric perspective. Uh, this is why everyone lost their mind the first time they watched Avatar in the theater with 3D glasses. Uh, the Because it, they had so many of those damn little floaty uh, glowing particles um, that it yeah. was just a feast for the eyes. And it just really sold the depth of, the, of everything going on in that totally movie. sold me.
1: I came I saw it in 3D and I came out of that cinema saying wow
0: yeah and then I I
1: watched it at home and I was like "Eh, it's okay (laughs) I I mean I never thought Avatar looked good in fairness but like that's because I've got a very low tolerance for CGI
0: Uh, I I really liked the first time I watched it but I do remember thinking I don't know about the stylization this kind of looks like low rent night elf cosplay
1: mind you i thought that about dragon prince and it was brilliant
0: oh <laughs> uh, uh, we've had this conversation but i just hate the way that show looks
1: <sighs> it's so great i love it i just started rewatching it yesterday. i love
0: the characters anyway, i love the writing it is a phenomenal I, show but god the stylization kills me
1: there is not enough frames in the animation I, I completely agree yeah and the backgrounds um, but, look like wow screenshots uh yeah that's why i like it <laughs> Fair, but one one
0: man's negative is another man's positive. Yeah. They,
1: they they just went, hey, let's uh, let's take our other show, Avatar, which is the good Avatar and not the shit Avatar that um, uh, Taliesin and Garrett were just talking about. Uh, let's take all of the lore from Avatar and like all of the aesthetic from Wow, and that's our show. And it's like, yeah, sure, cool, sounds good. I'm gonna I'm sounds the, awesome. You know make yeah. it happen.
0: Yep, you sold me. I'm gonna finish, I'm gonna finish Dragon Breaker. I'm gonna finish Dragon Prince. Um, yeah. So, anyways, so we did actually, despite uh, the opening 15 minutes being about our favorite weather effects, we did come with a a topic prepared for this episode. Yeah, although I say we just swap it to weather effects because we're done. Uh, I brilliant. mean, we're not because uh, then I could get into the history of the blood rain. Do you remember? Do you know when in World of Warcraft the first time we ever saw blood rain down from the sky was? Uh no. It was the uh, opening of the original Death Knight starting area no yeah yeah it blew my mind and i was really mad because i was gaming on a macbook pro at the time and it couldn't do those effects that that effect was not an option on my macbook um and then i went over into my roommate's room and it was raining blood and i was like this is amazing i need a pc and i need it now and that's what made me go and build my first gaming pc (laughs) wow awesome a happy story yeah with a happy ending oh it's also because i melted my graphics card on my macbook pro from raiding in wrath of the lich king (laughs) the <laughs> yeah. yeah the it got hot enough that the solder uh reliquified <laughs> wow yeah amazing
1: uh-huh. just yeah just do what i do and uh throw some water
0: over it mm. sorry create a closed loop <laughs> oh what i did uh was was uh build a superior gaming machine and never went back to mac that's what i did
1: yeah, of course. Like, if you if you're serious about gaming, that's what you've got to do. Uh, Green Arrow is pointing out quite rightly that um, Emberfall in Raven- Raven death also has like the the kind of ash fire rain, which is brilliant.
0: Oh yeah, yeah. yeah, that is, and and, and the, blood it, rain, that's for sure. You know how uh, I make fun of uh, like Mechagon um, and uh, Broken Shore as like the generic dirt islands of Legion and BFA. Um, uh, one of my buddies who levels faster than me in Shadowlands uh, texted me, I, and I'm assuming it had to have been Emberfall, because he's just like, hey, if you're not to Revendreth yet, there's an area that's going to challenge everything you thought you knew about generic dirt areas. Um <laughs> but i actually really like i like it i like the the, the story of why it looks the way it looks um yeah. and also those 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 particle effects and stuff like cool. that's tied into narrative it, it makes a big difference and yeah
1: that brings us to our topic because the reason i was actually thinking of uh you know zones to quest through and like the weather effects and things like that um and ember ward is i mean i i brought it up but it's funny you should bring it up because uh, I was in there today doing my uh, bastion campaign. Okay, so my main character in, in Shadowlands is uh, my priest. That's who I raid with, with my with my raid team. And it would be my long-time main since forever. And she went Revendreth because she uh, is uh, a discipline priest. And, you know, you got to go Revendreth. And that's good because I, I quite fancy going Revendreth anyway. And that's, that's fantastic. Um, but... Obviously, I have characters in every covenant because I want to see all them covenant campaigns, though, with all the story and stuff, new chapter every week. And I'm a bit behind on some of them. And one of the ones I'm a bit behind on is my paladin, who, of course, is in Bastion. And uh, I had, um, what, three weeks worth of covenant campaign to catch up on that guy uh, when I logged in today and I managed to catch up on two. So it's reset day here in the EU today. So there's a new chapter again today, which I haven't done yet. Um, but the story in, in Bastion is, is coming home really nicely. It's really cool. And, uh, I, I did the chapter where you have to go to Revendreth to get something that maybe we'll talk about later on, but it took you to the Ember Ward. And I'd actually noticed this last time, uh, in some of the questing that I'd done Uh, on my main and other characters as well is that Revendreth is obviously it being where my main is the zone. that I probably know better than any other, you know, i got my teleportation network set up there. I go over there, uh, doing my kind of my dailies with the, uh, with the anima conductor and things. I run around there a lot. Um, I, uh, actually like just walk from my, uh, covenant haul to the raid, because it's a straight line. (laughs) It's really good. Um, Just a little bit across the map and stuff like that. And so it's it's a zone that I know really, really well. And yet this quest, this covenant campaign quest for Bastion, sent me to the Ember Ward, which obviously I've been to loads of times, Like because I I quest through it every time I level for a start, um, a new character. And yet it sent me to a part of the Ember Ward and I was running up a little road that I'd never been to before. And I was following my little guy uh, who was leading me on this quest. And it took me up to a part that I'd never been to before. And then it sent me to another part of uh, Revendreth that I'd never been to before. And I was like, this is really interesting. Like, because these are really well-designed, really cool, tiny little areas. I've never really seen before. Um, and it's so funny that this Bastion quest should send me there rather than I kind of found it on, on my Revendreth main. Um, and it got me thinking you know, like how much of Shadowlands and the zones and the storylines we have been learning since uh, the game actually released. Because after the game released, we did all our questing and things like that. And, we, you know, we thought we had a good handle on the storyline of Shadowlands and uh, ready to go into the raid. We'd done our questing campaigns. And we'd seen like the cinematics attached to that and what have you. Uh, and I thought it'd be fun to talk now in our final show of two thousand and 20 that's the year few
0: um before <laughs> I to we go think in, about that for a second
1: i thought it'd be good to chat about where we are in the story now having played it for six weeks or so uh and furthermore as new things kind of get revealed and we've had a new thing with the reset this week as well um in torgast as as that kind of story unfolds importantly where the story might be going next because you know what i wanted and what i said on this show multiple times was what i wanted at the end of 9.0 and at the end of the raid was a very clear hook and a very clear indication of where the story was going to be going next. And for nine point
0: as someone who finally got through the raid, uh, do you feel that we've gotten a hook? Because I I, I have a, a hard yes or no on that.
1: Yeah, I've got a hard no on that. Yep. Well, uh, there's no hook. Yeah, there's no, nothing. there isn't. There's like zero, like I mean, it's intriguing what happens at the end of the raid. Um, and uh, thirty seconds spoiler bot up, right? Because uh, I I feel like we should just say starting in three, two. It's one. And bear in mind. This doesn't reveal anything that's coming up. It's literally just the ending of the raid. So, uh, Psy Denathrius is not killed. Um, he just kind of goes Ugh! and uh gets sucked into his sword. And by the way, the interplay between Denathrius and his sword, um. Is my favorite relationship in Shadowlands. Maybe my favorite relationship in WoW. The relationship between Denathrius and his sword
0: is wonderful. It's 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 a thinly veiled masturbation relationship, let's just be honest. I, and and by the oh, way, no, it, it even crescendos at you, the bro. end because as he sucked into the sword, his cape is left behind. So you know Denathrius is now inside his own sword completely naked. Oh, gosh,
1: you're absolutely right. It's yeah, Cammonia. It's Cammonia. Uh, uh, sorry. Yeah, that's right. Um, so he's inside pneumonia now, which <laughs> I'm sure she's very happy about.
0: <laughs> I'm sorry it's I took boring. it there. Now, now, wow, now, okay. now, now it got weird. Now it got Listen weirder. Uh, okay,
1: look. Donatus has always been a sexy, freaky boy. Okay, that man wears like his shirt very unbuttoned. Okay, he he has know, a a,
0: a velvet painting of himself shirtless on the back wall.
1: He's got it and he's flaunting it. He knows he's. I feel like he's a bit like Idris Elba. You know, he's he, he's leaving nothing. He doesn't need to leave anything to the imagination because why would you? And you know, and he's always. And yet been a bit I can't freaky.
0: think of. I'm blanking on Idris Elba ever being shirtless. <laughs> When I think of Idris Elba, I think of Idris Elba in a suit, and yet somehow I do think of it as leaving very little to the imagination. Do you know what wait, a power move? Are you serious? I, no, I'm, I, I you were just being sarcastic. No, I can't think of Idris Elba being shirtless.
1: Are you? Are you actually? See, I, I've never seen him not shirtless. What are you even talking I about? I guess.
0: I guess the most recent time I've seen him is I, I'm doing my first ever th- all the way through Watch of the Office, and he's just in a suit. And every time he's on that show, Idris Elba's in the Office. Yeah. You didn't know that? The American The office. American office. Yeah. Yeah, he has like a I full he has a American full office. season stint on the office. No. Yep.
1: I didn't know that. I never watched that trash. I watched the UK version. That was good enough for me. It should be good enough for
0: you as well. He's he's fantastic in it too, by the way. Wow. Of course yeah. he is. He's amazing. Yeah, he, he, he's fantastic I mean, in everything. It, it, except, <laughs> this should be no surprise.
1: something I watched on the BBC the other day because I had to click on it. I had, we were watching. We were looking for something to watch on like Netflix or whatever. <laughs> and I was like, "Oh, Evertel, you're going to like this. I I I can't not click on this, right? And I clicked on it, and she didn't see what I clicked on until it actually came up, and it was Idris Elba interviews Paul
0: McCartney. I'm not interested in that. And actually, it's
1: funny you should mention that he used to be on the office because I couldn't watch it. It was the most cringe thing I like, to listen, you know I like a bit of cringe. This was too cringe. It was too much. Idris, he got covid quite early on, I don't think he's really recovered from it yet. And he goes and he interviews Paul McCartney in like uh Somerset House, I think, somewhere in like central London. And he's and he turns up and they've got this beautiful set and he's he's you know, you know, I love Idris, right? He's the best. And I love Paul McCartney as well. But Idris Elba was like doing what Idris Elba, Idris Elba shouldn't be allowed to interview anyone because Idris Elba can only really talk about Idris Elba. And he does it very well. And if I was Idris Elba, that's what I do as well. But when you're interviewing Paul McCartney, that's not enough. And he was there like, yeah, so, uh, you know, uh, for, for your new album, you wrote it in lockdown. Right. And, uh, he was like, yeah, I wrote it in lockdown. I recorded it in lockdown. I did all the drums and the, the uh, guitars and the keyboards and stuff, just like I always do. And it just was like, yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. Okay. Uh, I, uh, I do a bit of keys and I, I do a bit of drums. I love drumming. And uh, you know, in lockdown when I had covered and stuff, I thought I'd learn how to play guitar. i never learned how to play guitar before. And I learned guitar and I've actually got it with me right now. And uh, I mean, do you want to, do you want to hear me play my guitar?
0: And Paul oh, McCartney's yeah. is like, Okay. Oh, no. Idris Elba's that guy at the party you know, that brings a guitar. you
1: don't know, you know, you know go to interview Paul McCartney and then go, oh, by the way, I literally just learned how to play guitar, and I'm pretty sure you'd want to hear me play guitar, right? And he went over to get his guitar, and that's when I had to turn it off. I was like, I can't watch Idris Elba interviewing Paul McCartney getting his guitar out that he's just learned to play. I was like, and it was like The Office. It was like, it was like the training episode in The Office, which I think is the first one in the US uh, version of The Office where they have the uh, the training day and uh, David Brent gets out his guitar. (laughs) Oh, and just, just... starts playing. I was like, this is too much like The Office. I can't do it. I can't watch Idris Elba whip out his guitar, which he's just learned to play in front of Paul McCartney when he's supposed to be interviewing Paul McCartney about Paul McCartney's new album. I'm just be like, this is exactly what Paul McCartney's going to want right now. He's going to want to see me, a man who's just learned how to play guitar, play guitar. So- because, you know, that's not something Paul McCartney's very good at. He'll probably be very interested in that.
0: I hope what we've accomplished during that is just completely bore the image of Idris Elba cast as Sire Denathrius into our listener sets.
1: Also, I'm pretty sure that he would have taken off his shirt before he started playing. And that mm. would have kept me watching, but I, the cringe was too much. But you're right. If there is a movie of Shadowlands, Idris Elba should definitely play, uh, play Sire Denathrius. As well as every other
0: part. Yeah. but. So, what so back to, to where out? somehow we got off into Idris Elba is uh, is is that the end of of uh, Castle uh, of Castle Nathria? Why does that sound wrong in my head? Um, doesn't matter. Uh, it it kind of ties a bow on itself and does not link. It it, it it does not. It it actually, as someone who tends to not like cliffhangers, I was expecting a, a bit more of a cliffhanger. There, there's nothing. It just kind of feels like okay, cool. We've wrapped up this threat. This thread has been taken care of.
1: Yeah, and you know me, and you know this show. I was a firm advocate that I wanted some kind of very explicit pointer towards where we were going next in 9.1, because I I, I believe that makes for a more satisfying patch experience for the patch that you're in, when you have a very clear kind of uh, indicator of where we're going next. I think the, the best patches work that way. So really... The only thing we've got is the Covenant campaigns.
0: I'm not really sure that's going to give us uh, much either. But yeah, I'm how do you so how do, campaigns? I know um, you're trying to keep up with all of your alts and, and see all of the Covenant campaigns. I I, I haven't been. Um, I've just started scratching the surface over on my Death Knight of um, Maldraxxus uh, uh, Necro Lords. I keep using the zone name and place for the Covenant name. Just that's me. Just. You know what I'm talking about, um, but I've been just focusing on my warrior, on my main. So I have only seen, uh, really, the night face side of things. Um, so like, I don't, I don't know, because I'm getting Legion flashbacks, which you and I have talked a lot of, a lot about the kind of the the links between the the class order hall campaigns and the and the Covenant campaigns. Um, and while I would. I would certainly look at uh, four covenants instead of whatever, however many classes we were up to in Legion, as being a lot easier to see all of those stories. Um, I also still kind of have this peaceful feeling that I had during Legion, which is, well, I, there's no way I'm going to see all of this, so I'm just gonna, I'm going to make peace with that and accept it and just play the game the way I want to play it. Um, so, how are you feeling about it? I mean, as someone who has almost seen everything except for apparently. Uh, the Kyrian, the old, there, yeah. yeah, the Kyrian campaign. Um, is, is it is it working? Do you do you feel a, a like a good story, a good thread is being woven? Uh, so I feel like um, I love the
1: system, I love the idea, and I love the uh, I love most of the implementation of having the Covenant campaigns. I, but that kind of thing is right up my alley anyway because it's kind of like a happy medium uh, of. One of the really fun things about Suramar, which was the, like this dense max level kind of questing and storyline, like it felt really unusual in Legion to get to max level and then still have like all of this story content that you had to go through to un- to unlock and to to, to get past. And, and the, the bad stuff about Suramar was the way it was gated by Rep. Which meant you had to go out and just like do world quests to be able to unlock certain bits and what have you. And I think the renown system is a lot more elegant. Uh, I know some people would be frustrated about like the the weekly kind of gate on renown, which is its own sort of thing, but at least it's not, you know, you're not gated by effort so much, you know, it's a story which is unfolding. You just need to do your two renown quests a week to keep up with it. And then you do the quest and the quests are substantial. You know, when I'm settling down to, uh, I, I do them off stream because I like to record them for footage and stuff. And i like to get through them as efficiently as possible, which I can't do on stream. Yeah. Uh, and you know, one takes like 45 minutes per chapter and what have you, which isn't loads, but I mean, it's it, it, on top of everything else that you're doing in a week.
0: It's a chunk. Yeah. It, it, especially like come Tuesday. It's like, oh, all right. There's so much to do. I got to yeah. check in. It's it, it really feels in a in a way that I find I would say this is not a negative. It feels like maintenance, uh, like. I don't know if you're the type of person that likes really like cleaning up your PC, like, oh, it's so dusty, it's time to get in there and maybe clean up some wires and dust it out and get out my microfiber cloth and polish it. Like, I get into that kind of thing, and that's kind of how I feel every Tuesday on World of Warcraft. It's like... Ooh, I'm going to, I got to Let's see. I'm going to plan out my day. First, I'm going to start a stop by Or Actually, no. First, I'm going to kill the world boss so that whatever drops off of it, or in my case, what doesn't drop of, off of it, informs what I choose out of the vault. And I, I love that. I love that Tuesday maintenance, getting in, doing all of my things. But yeah, knowing that there's another 45 minutes to an hour of covenant quests, I'm just like, oh, man, I got a lot to do today
1: what people are saying this week with regards to the vault people are saying hey tally don't forget to do your five time walking dungeons before you open your great vault and i say fuck off mate
0: yeah also i've been so unlucky in loot it doesn't matter
1: <laughs> as if i'm gonna do five like, time walking dungeons before i open my great vault as if there's like all this beautiful loot waking waiting for me in the great vault and i'm gonna i'm gonna go ah oh, no 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 put a Put a cork in that one. I've got some time walking dungeons to do. I did
0: two yesterday and I, and I was like, nope, nope, nope. I'm not going to yeah. be able to wait. I'm going to the vault right now and getting uh, apparently a best in slot trinket. It felt pretty good. There oh, well, yeah, you go.
1: Yeah. I mean, the time walking loot is is uh bugged at the moment anyway. Like it's maxing out at 200, which is less than it should be. But frankly, if you're stupid enough to do five, five it used to be four. Now it's five time walking dungeons before
0: you open your great vault. You deserve, you deserve that. You deserve It's a lot. It's a lot. Um, Yeah. I I like, I really like how they've done Renown um, and that it's not this big grindy thing. It's like, Oh, sorry. Your reputation with your covenant isn't high enough. You can't get to the, I love it. It's just, are you playing? Are you logging in every week? Cool. You're keeping up with Renown. Um, I will say, I think some of the weeks, I feel like some of the weeks have been longer than others. Um, And with the, especially with the night, fey i feel like they kind of front-loaded with some really awesome story quests and like the last three weeks has just really felt to me like treading water i feel like in ardenweald like the, the thing that's been
1: going on the last three weeks in ardenweald has been a really good story but like the story with the because it's, it's all the old the, the like the first night warrior stuff isn't it and
0: yeah that. yeah like a, i would i would call this a mild spoiler for for night face stuff but you know, I would imagine most listeners are keeping up with this type of stuff, but yeah, you go and find the original *The Night Warrior*, and there's some there's some cool character bits in there, but it mo- it does not move the story needle at all. Yeah, in terms of
1: story, it could have fitted into one or two weeks rather than uh, rather than being spread out over over three.
0: Yeah, that's As- a good way to put it. I do everything. The last three weeks, I feel like I could have. They could have given me all of that in a, in in a single sitting, and it w- would have totally. been enough. And that brings me to like
1: you know the other side. of it. I, I love the system, and I, I love the dense story that is unfolding every week. And I think max level story unlocks and and questing and stuff. I, like I loved it in Suramar. I love it now in the covenants. I love the rewards that you get from it as well, which is just another little bit on your renown, which is going to give you something else on your renown tree, but also you know, like you're unlocking the armor set and stuff like that. And like mounts and back pieces. and It's just really great. And I, I, I really love it. It's, it's definitely true that some stories are much better than others. Like, um, the Bastion story has been amazing since the, the day it started. Like the, I, the I would f- have to
0: assume it has to be because the leveling story there is basically non-existent. But it's
1: so good though,
0: Garrett. It's so good. And um
1: and, and and also kind of ties together a lot of what people have been saying about the Kyrian as well. And and you know, this idea that I've had arguments with people on the stream that um they they Everyone wants to see the Kyrian as these really bad, shifty guys, you know, because ah, oh, they they wipe your memories and and if you choose to go through that process and uh you lose all your memories, except they don't, they put them in a big library and you know, and like uh, and uh, and we, we're just so desperate to see, you know, you know, that contrary kind of video game person thing. Like we're also <laughs> desperate to see the sworn as goodies, even though they're like killing people and teaming up with a jailer and breaking stuff and just obviously being evil. Um, and, and that means we have to see the Kyrians as baddies, right? So the Kyrian, uh, covenant campaign is very much about them. You know, if you've done Spires of Ascension, there's uh, a moment at the end where, uh, the Archon is like, well, you know, she really shouldn't have teamed up with the jailer. That was very bad, but maybe there is, maybe we can change the way we do things
0: around here and, and Which is and, kind and, of the, and, like, that seems like the theme. Of yeah exactly and, 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 the, and, and what the kyrians are dealing with because i i definitely fall more on the side of the contrary gamer like like you know like i i like i like my villains when they are sympathetic and i think the forsworn are sympathetic i think you it's the kyrians are not easy to like it's not easy to go like yeah sure. you know give sure. give yourself I, I, over sure. to this this cause say the forsworn are particularly easy to like like no um, but i can see I where like they're, they're
1: coming they're from coded as flat out baddies you know, and if even 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 the afterlife cinematic where you see why um, uh, Devos kind of took the path she did, um, I mean, you know that she ends up teaming up with the jailer, which is contrary to everything that she said that she wanted. You know, she's a, she's a massive hypocrite. She's massively contradictory, um, and the only reason she actually went down that path in the first place when it comes down to it, is because she was frustrated because she felt like the Archon wasn't keeping her in the loop or communicating well enough or, you know, being thankful enough or whatever for the information she was bringing her.
0: Which is someone who's worked under, you know, who does not forget working for minimum wage under shitty managers at restaurants. I sympathize with that greatly.
1: (laughs) Yeah. Well, me too. And like, you know... If 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 Devos was having her labor stolen from her, I'd be completely on her side and I'd say, let's eat the Archon, right? But that's not quite what's going on. <laughs> eat
0: the Archon.
1: <laughs> you know, it would be that's my like, favorite motorhead song. <laughs> <laughs> it would be like it would be like me going, ah, oh, my I feel like my boss is stealing my labor from me, uh, and therefore I'm going to go and work for Amazon or McDonald's or something instead, because that'll be better. Like, I mean, that's you know, a great with- way to
0: put it. That's a really great way to put it. Uh, and as and we sit here covering a game made by a multi-billion-dollar corporation. On Twitch, which is owned by Amazon. Yeah, owned I know. by Amazon. Uh, yeah. Yeah. How you doing, and, Bezos? We'll put the VOD up on YouTube later, which is owned by Microsoft. <laughs> Enjoy that expensive scotch. On, that scotch, uh, Bezos, that's on me. Enjoy um but but like so um
1: you know like and the devos uh, the archon never said they were gonna never said they were ignoring the information that was brought to her never said they didn't believe it never said they weren't going to act on it. it was just like nice one devos thanks for bringing that to us you go and carry on with your doing your important work and leave this with us and she was like oh how dare they i'm gonna go and join the jailer and like you know didn't even tell uh Um, uh, Uther, like Uther still doesn't know that they're working with the jailer. He's like the third most important forsworn, And he doesn't know they're working with the jailer. Like, um, and, and, and so, you know, there's obvious deceit going on there. Uh, they're clearly baddies who need to be saved. Um, but yeah, there is a thing where, um, clearly the the Kyrian could do with learning some lessons. And their covenant campaign generally is them doing that. They they go without any spoilers, they go to uh you know, each of the last three weeks has seen them go to a different covenant and retrieve something from that covenant which has kind of changed the way they think about stuff a little bit.
0: I hear to, this to week is of, particularly uh, good. I I've I've seen a lot of uh a lot of Kyrian pledges on Twitter like losing their mind over their quest this week.
1: Yeah. Yeah oh
0: some people are being idiots in the chat
1: um yeah no yeah youtube's owned by google
0: it doesn't really matter to the sake of the story no, but that's <laughs> um, if this like, is the internet telling and the the internet will yeah, focus I'm on the thing guys, you don't want them to right. focus
1: anyway, on uh, youtube is not owned by uh the big corporation microsoft it's owned by the big corporation google yeah yeah um, sorry everyone uh, that does in fairness save completely your emails change and now what i said makes no sense i i, I take it all back and i'm ready to <laughs> um
0: uh, now that we pulled that e <laughs> <a> break,
1: <laughs> uh, so so like and and you know it's really interesting. There's a there's a really bit, a good bit when uh, the Kyrian went to Revendreth where they have to retreat. Like they need to get something, and the way that they they're teaming up with people in Revendreth, and um, uh, someone's like, "Well, okay, the curator knows where the thing we're looking for is. So what we need to do is to have some leverage over her. We have to get her Sin Stone." Um, which has all her past sins on her. And, uh, and that's, that's going to work really well as leverage. You know, she's got a secret on her sin stone um, that we can like threaten to reveal. And then she'll tell us where this thing is that we're looking for. And as you're doing that, um, you know, the, the Kyrian that you're with are like, wow, imagine being held hostage over the sins that you committed in your past life. Like we're about to do with this character. That's why we cleanse ourselves of it is so that we're not dragged down by it. And, and it's, it's an interesting kind of insight into like what a lot of people really want to label as this mindlessness of the Kyrian. And, and they're like, no, we, we, we choose to unburden ourselves of this. And look, this is the problems that can happen if you don't. You know, we're, we're literally going to use this person's past sins against them. You can't do that with us. And we don't worry about them. We don't, they, you know, we have a fresh start in the afterlife and that, like just little lines like that here and there. Um, uh, which is, which is really interesting. Um, it's cool. It's cool. It's like, um, I, I, I really like all that. It's a, a really interesting insight into, into what they're doing. It's, and, yeah, it's,
0: it's, it's pulpy high fantasy Warcraft and they're getting the, to, to, throw that spin at all of these different takes on how the afterlife can be. And so with, with the Carrion, we're seeing this, this pulpy riff on, on like Ascension, you know, it's, I don't know. These are all very fun playgrounds for them to, to play around in. So bringing it back into the larger arc of like Shadowlands as a whole, where's, where, where's your head at on, on how they've achieved a, a balance there because like clearly we're heading somewhere with the jailer and with sylvanas but i'm frankly surprised how little we've seen of them so far like we are probably not as close to a point one patch as i would like to be but you know i don't know i i I have the sense that like i'm ready for the next big chapter in shadowlands that that isn't covenant specific it's feels like it's far away. And I, I just have, I really don't know where we're going. Like I, I have no sense. And it, it you know ties back into the end of, of Nathria and, 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 and how kind of compartmentalized the other parts of the story feel with all of the, uh, all of the covenant quests. So, so where the hell are we going from here?
1: Uh, it's really uh, interesting, isn't it? I think a lot of it might have to do with, um, where these covenant campaign stories end up uh, because it it is the one thing that I didn't spoil for myself uh, throughout all of it. You know, in my position as someone who like reports on WoW and has an opinion on WoW and plays WoW and it's literally how I make my money, I don't have much excuse not to spoil myself when it comes to like alpha and beta and stuff. And I have to test the dungeons. I have to test the raids and I have to do the questing and like test the classes and things like that. And, And so I see a lot of the game before it's released. And as someone who like enjoys the game as much as a fan as any kind of creation aspect. There's always some things that I, just for myself, I have to keep from being spoiled for myself. And, and the Covenant campaigns is one of those things. And you know, I got quite far in the Wheel campaign before I just went, I don't need to do this. I can, I can just enjoy this later on. And, and that's what I'm doing at the moment. So I'm, I'm just starting to get into the part of some of the campaigns that I haven't seen before. Um, uh, uh, the one is still at a point where I I have seen it. Um, and, um, I feel like we're going to get a nice, I might be wrong, but I feel like we're going to get a bow on a lot of the covenant stuff as well, rather than a hook. You know, the Denathrius stuff ended with a bow and I've got a feeling that the covenant campaign stuff largely is going to end with a bow as well. You know, like there are clear problems in the covenants that needs sorting, like in the short term. The Kyrian one is particularly obvious, uh, with the fact that they their whole covenant gets busted up in the first chapter and they just need to fix it and get it ready to fight the Forsworn. Now, whether they actually will fight the Forsworn uh, by the end of the Covenant campaign and like sort out that problem, um, I mean, that's definitely gonna happen at some point. There's a uh, a, a recolor of their covenant armor which is in four sworn colors which suggests that at some point they're going to kind of all like defeat the evil and all team up again together and you know like it'll probably ha- be as easy as going hey Uther you know that the Sonia is like teamed up with the jailer and you guys are teamed up with the jailer and he'll be all like oh no I've been such a fool. I let my hatred and pride cloud my judgment. And we'll be like, yeah, we it's cool. Just come.
0: back. Yeah. It's, it's um, cool. You're going to have your Vader turn to the light side yeah, again moment,
1: or we'll get there. there. So, um, so I know people will know the answer to this if they've been following the spoilers and stuff from alpha, but I, I don't know. So I'm just kind of assuming here, I don't know if the, the big fight against a force one will happen um, as part of the coming campaign or, is, or if it's something that is going to be left until, uh, 9.1 similarly like with Ardenweald there's a lot of the Night Warrior stuff and it's very focused around uh, Tyrande um, Revendreth is all about um, regaining all of the Harvester's medallions um, and and just kind of finding your seat of power there uh, which is one of the more boring ones as is Maldraxxus has, unfortunately. Has, has
0: Revendreth had picked up any more of the, uh, the Kael'thas threads? No! What? Really? No. Really? <laughs> Nothing! Well Cal then, Files I do. No, then, then in that case, telling us, I'm not so sure we're gonna so get a bow on things. I feel like that is coming, but I mean, I was expecting it to be
1: much more focused around. Cal I mean, Files we're also
0: expecting the- like the covenant to kind of just go on until the final patches, right? So maybe we'll get. I think we might get bows in oh, stages. Yes, sure. and stages because the- it kind of like it kind of feels like that- like we're heading towards a Toronto bow and Arden wheel, and we're heading towards a, the the Kirian have some inner. They need to look inwards to do, and I think we're going to get a bow on that. But then I could see us, you know, moving forward into more, you know, character-driven focuses. Um, yeah, and that's, that's the genius of it is that yeah. it,
1: you've got a system there, much like the the Soulbind system, <laughs> chat, chat room, uh, yeah, yeah. Um, yeah okay, we're not going to go there. Obviously, be like expanded upon and added to, and like that's one of the reasons I I like the Covenant campaign system so much is because renown's going to exist for the rest of the expansion and it'll be kind of delivered in the same way it is and you have unique story that can be delivered every single week as a result um, for a set amount of weeks every patch which which is what's happening now um so Kael'thas has been in the Revendreth Order Hall I don't know if it was linked to the raid or if it was linked to where we were in the story but like I uh we we defeated the Kelthas boss in the raid and then i noticed that he was in my covenant hall but being kind of like seen to by people so of and obviously i and also i have read spoilers on that one so i know that he is in the covenant campaign this week um i guess i wanted to leave it long enough for everyone to do that fight in the raid <laughs> 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 before, they, before they got started on that
0: one well, yeah we, uh, which i have a bad memory for how quickly lfr has rolled off rolled out in the past but this seems Slower than hell, as far as uh, LFR wings being released.
1: Yeah, it's every other week um, for the for the LFR wings, isn't it? Um, yeah, and which, we're
0: three weeks between
1: wings. I think it feels slower because if, because if LFR is doing stuff, you've got the added kind of incentive of beating raid bosses at the moment for the Great Vault.
0: Yeah, um, which if you don't have a raid group, is yeah. hard to do. Well, yeah, it's impossible.
1: You're not filling out those great vault boxes, you know, yeah. like I, I took time, I didn't play well WoW for, I didn't even log on for three days over Christmas. And I was like, I haven't filled out like any of these boxes. I've got like three items in my great vault this week. It's painful.
0: I've had a, I've had a hard time getting groups together for mythics. So I haven't been checking those boxes and I, I, I really don't ever PVP. So I've only been filling out the raid ones and like nothing else. Um. And, and to me, honestly, it's not, it's not that bad. It feels pretty good to have an option of, of like of three but I, there's still a thing in the back of my head going, you know, it would be better. He had a choice of nine. Yeah. So, um,
1: totally. Exactly. And I, I, this is not what this episode is about, but I think the great vault is amazing and I love it. Loads of people don't like it, but they can dick right off. Because I, I really vault, like it.
0: Yeah. I'm, I'm, I, I, I stand the great vault.
1: <laughs> That's what I, do. yeah, I stand the great vault. I think the great vault is fantastic. And, um, you know, there's a lot of chat right now about gearing in Shadowlands and what have you and how slow it is and, and how there's not as many upgrades from Mythic Plus and, and, and whatnot as people want. I, I still stand the grateful. I still think it's a superior system. And I, I'm perfectly happy with the amount of uh, loot that's dropping at the moment. I like that I'm not getting all my loot instantly. I mean, you know, I, I don't. Obviously, when my loot doesn't drop, I'm like, ah, oh, screw this game, stupid fucking game. But overall, in the way that a video game works... I think it. I think it's definitely better. And like like, a, I mean, a little. Just where loot comes from more, and I target specific loot more, and I'm excited when I get my loot more. Um, but uh, yeah, so I. I, I, I don't think that um, the Covenant campaigns are going to give us a big hook on where the story is going next. I think if that hook exists, I think it exists in Torghast, and I think it exists in the more. And We've I think
0: got a nugget this week <laughs> we got a little bit of nugget did you go uh did you go save a uh, uh, thrall? I, well, I haven't
1: yet I haven't I haven't actually uh, had a chance to do anything yet because it's reset day to day and I had to come on this show with you oh so I'm, sorry I didn't realize <laughs> Europe was <laughs> Wednesday wow. as soon as this show's over I'm gonna have a poo I'm gonna kiss my boy and gonna wash my hands ah you kiss my boy well I know I'm you're gonna put some on i'm going to start streaming and then we'll go and do all of this stuff and i'll go and
0: have a look well i know you're already spoiled on this
1: so i'm gonna well, yeah exactly. i'm gonna ask you are- i'm in Torgast as well which sure. we won't spoil at all but this one is technically in the game so go wild
0: yeah so because we haven't seen a lot of sylvanas in the jailer like it's weird this almost feels like old school world of warcraft to me back in like the burning crusade days when they were like illidan's the big badge you just will never see him until the final raid of the expansion so- they did it in BFA
1: as well. Like, the, the build-up to BFA was all, like, um, you know, for the Horde with Sylvanas and for the Alliance with uh, Anduin, and then you got loads of them in the pre-patch, and then you didn't see Anduin or Sylvanas at all during leveling yeah. or the rest of the patch.
0: Yeah. Um, I mean, granted, there's definitely, like, the shadow of the Jailer hanging over this whole thing, especially, like, when you're hanging out in the Maw, but... We just don't have a lot of interaction with him or, or lines delivered. So so this week, and, and mild spoilers for probably the next, I don't know, five minutes or so, uh, we get a quest to go save Thrall from you know, we, They've been doling out this go save the named hero that you know uh, every so often. And this week it's it's finally Thrall, so we go and save him. But we get a a very short like in-game cutscene, Like it's not, it's not one of the like kind of pre-rendered nice looking ones. It's you know kind of stilted, you know, in-game models, but between the jailer and Sylvanas that delivers, I think like something like five sentences of dialogue, but the jailer is talking about the fact that they now have their weapon and it's time to hone it. And they're Wait, clear- We still. I here. what's going on. Sorry. What was that? I made a sex joke about the Sorry. That's. Oh, all. uh, get <laughs> That's, it. That's all it
1: takes. Sorry, That's it. That's uh, do you want to read the lines for the cinematic? Because oh. I, I, mean, I, I saw it in beta,
0: um, mm-hmm. and I, it's always like when it was gonna yeah. gonna pop up. So, uh, this so gives they, us they yet. This is literally the jailer and Sylvanas doing like an Aaron Sorkin walk and talk. They are walking through the halls of Torghast and delivering lines of dialogue. The jailer says that. Uh, I'm not doing voices for this, by the way. The jailer says, all that matters is we now possess the necessary instrument. We must begin its preparation. And Sylvanus replies, leave it to me. You've seen what he is capable of when he believes in the cause. A measure of patience may yield superior results. And then the jailer says, very well, we have our weapon. We sh- Now we shall hone it. And so, uh, yeah, jailer talking about... Uh, a soul or person as an instrument, and Sylvanas, you know, saying he. So, who is the he that Sylvanas is talking about here? This plays after you rescue Thrall, right? This is actually before you rescue Thrall. Oh, yeah, I it's think probably it, not probably think not Thrall because yeah, spoiler alert: we do successfully get Thrall the hell out of the out of Torghast.
1: Just before just before we we uh, answer this question with its very obvious answer, I just like to say that um, the the last rescue a famous character from Torghast that we did with with um, uh, with Jaina I thought was brilliant. I thought it was really really good. Uh, the way that you kind of you, you went up in Torghast and like gradually you started noticing that there was ice in various parts of Torgast, and like some walls were just like literally covered with ice and, and like it just gradually got more icy as you got to the room where Jaina was. And, and then it, it was just her being tortured and ice blocking. And I just thought, Oh, I thought it was fantastic. I thought it was
0: really, really good. It was good storytelling. Think- and also it, 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 it's, I think it's the first time we see that, like that lava room in Torghast. Uh, Cause I don't think that wing had been one of the weekly wings yet.
1: Yeah. Yeah, true, true. And I, 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 I'm, I might be misremembering it, but in my head, in my head, she unice blocks and kills the boss. At the she end does. No, well. you're you're remembering it
0: correctly. I think is really cool. Like really, uh, awesome. it's, there's a noteworthy lore bit in how Thrall escapes and helps you kill the boss. Interesting. Yeah.
1: Does he? Does he? Uh, just like hit him with a crossbow. <laughs> is yeah. like, just,
0: <laughs> <laughs> that would be so good. <laughs> Oh, that'd be so... Oh, my God, for the love of... There's someone who's dusting off my alt. Can we skip the Maw? Can we skip... If I got to listen to Troll. Bitch about the weapons I'm giving him one more time.
1: Honestly, if you gave me the choice between being able to skip the Maw or being able to skip all the talking in Ouroboss if you're going to do the storyline and not Threads of Fate, I'd skip the Ouroboss. Honestly. I'd happily go through the Maw every time, if I could skip all the talking in Oribos.
0: um How at about I... a world where we just skip both? Because who the hell needs to do any of that? We've already well, seen it.
1: Fair enough. Good point. But I'd happily skip boss over the more if it came down to it.
0: Uh, you, you don't know. want to listen to this voice anymore talking to you. I'll gently... I'll do an entire episode like <laughs> this, Taliesin.
1: We have to follow uh, the Alan Rickman guy to the portal to get to Ardenweald. And he's like, Yes, come with me. And then like goes slower than any character in the history of the world. And you know where the portal is. So you go to the portal up to the other floor, but you have to talk to him when he's standing next to the portal before you use the portal. Otherwise the quest doesn't carry on. So you have to go back That Oh God. Every time I, I stab myself in the eye with a fork and now I can't see because I've done it too many times. And all my forks have got eye on them. It's terrible. <laughs> Hate it. Anyway, so yeah, the answer to the question is, f- I think even at this point, it would be fair to assume that the jailer and Sylvanas are talking about Anduin. Do you agree?
0: I think because of the quest that we're on, that we're going to save one of the main named captured heroes, that that makes a lot of sense. That by process of elimination, Anduin makes a lot of sense. I do, however, like the first place my brain went was Arthas, like because I. Yeah. Who else could it be i was like Anna oh where, where's our it, in which we, god we could do remind me a future episode should just be my god they actually haven't played with uh pulling famous dead people all that much at all because they really haven't like jesus there's such a lot la- i think of a, a weird lack of famous dead faces from warcraft but i don't want to get into that now so but my brain did go to arthas or nathanos like there's there's other places it could go. And it sure does seem like Sylvanas saying like, Oh, you see what he's capable of when he believes in a cause. Like I feel like, Oh, Nathanos, that makes sense. Um, but we're on a quest to go save Thral. And so now that thrall has been <laughs> extricated, uh, the only one left is Anduin. Yeah. It makes sense. Like thematically, like it, all signs point to Anduin. I like the idea that it could be
1: Arthas. I mean, it's definitely not, but I like the idea it could be because It implies with them saying that now we have the weapon and stuff, it applies they've only just noticed Arthas is there. It implies that, like, years ago, Uther threw Arthur into the moor, and
0: the jailers only just noticed. He's like, Oh, who's this guy? Oh,
1: shit, it's the Lich King. Awesome.
0: Well, you know, um, the Maw's a big place. He could have been lost. They've made it, they've, time and time again, like, everyone we get out of Torghast, they're like, I don't know how long it's been. It days feel like years, and years feel like hours. And, like, they've really gone out of their way to be like, Time makes no sense, so that story can unravel in convenient ways that we would like it to unravel in. Uh, like yeah. they've, they've given themselves that MacGuffin to, to fall back on. Um, but Sylvanas wouldn't talk about Arthas this calmly. Okay. So I
1: agree. I, I think it's Anduin. I, there is another nugget that comes up later on in Torghast that has which a cinematic, which doesn't really give away much either, but kind of confirms that as well. Yes. Um, and... it, oh, it's straight up confirmed. Firms it. Yeah, and this was data mined when the day Shadowlands went live because it's, it's in the data. So I'd be very surprised if most people who care haven't seen it. Yeah. Um, but what this means is, working on the assumption that it is Anduin that they're talking about, there are some very intriguing possibilities that kind of come up, and um, one of them is obviously that they refer to Anduin as a an instrument. I think he's a lovely little flute. For the record, that's my opinion. Uh
0: yeah, the He's most not a big bongo drum is he. Put it that way. <laughs> <laughs> He's not crashing cymbals, is he? I, I yeah, you know, uh, Anduin bores me, so I want to be like, <laughs> yeah, the flute, the most boring of instruments. But I don't, I don't want to smack talk people who enjoy playing the flute. the flute is a
1: really sexy instrument, um, <laughs> and uh, but also, you know, maybe it can make you cry if you play it wrong. So that's why I think of Anduin, maybe, and. Uh, so he's an instrument, but he's also a weapon. Double bass makes a very good weapon. Just saying, Thrall could get some good leverage on a double bass if he had to use it. Well, in the
0: way that the jailer is talking about this weapon, it's like it's a weapon in building because he's talking about honing the weapon, so it's not it's not yeah. ready yet. Yes.
1: Yes. andwin someone who's only just arrived there and who who is liable to be shaped, uh, which yeah, is and definitely
0: wouldn't not the character who would just be instantly on board for whatever. Sylvanas and the jailer would like this this person to get to to do. It's not going to be like, "Hey, Anduin, you want to come be uh, the the weapon of uh, of this giant evil army?" Anduin's not going to be like, "Yeah, where do I sign?" It sounds great. Let's go. That's not going to be his re- um, his response.
1: And they have seen like what he's capable of because he. uh, you know, fought back the the forces of the um, jailer in the Maw. Don't you remember? Have you ever done the Maw, The intro scenario.
0: Yeah, only uh, uh, I've only wasted a good you know seven hours of my life watching the uh, doing the same quest over and over again. And and if I have to tell Jaina to to continue talking one more time, it's going to severely diminish my deep burning love of the character. I know. Give me some character agency. Allow me to say at the
1: beginning of that speech. I am listening. Just get through to the end without me having to click on you again. That'd be great. Thanks. And then I'll leave you and Thrall alone in this cave, which is clearly what you're after. Um, but yeah, Ooh, so like, hadn't thought about yeah, that. Yeah. The more, don't tell me you've done the more like fifty times. You must have noticed that bit where she's like, "Oh yeah, you guys and Mowgrain, you go out and but I'm so tired. I'm going to stay here in the cave." And Thralls are like, "Oh yeah, I'm all tired as well. I think I'm going to stay in the cave as well. You guys go and come back when you've got if the, big the
0: cave sp-. is a rumbling." don't come a grumbling
1: yeah we come back and we've got like this big soul on a chain and we're like hmm there's a pair of sneakers in the doorway of the cave <laughs> weird what's that someone's oh. someone's moved the flower pot out of the doorway of the cave i don't understand is that what does that mean what does that mean i'll be
0: right back i'm going to go hang a chain on the door <laughs>
1: there i did a voice chat room are you happy Hmm, a crossbow. Not my preferred instrument of choice,
0: but I'll make it work. <laughs> oh, that's... No, no. It's got some heft. <laughs> <sighs> There's been so, a lot of wiener jokes on this episode. Moving on. Don't blame, on. Me, blame Steve Dinoosa. And the flute is a cylindrical instrument that you put up to your mouth. Yeah, band camp, band camp jokes uh, abound. <laughs> um, and- <laughs>
1: Um, uh, so Anduin is the instrument. Anduin is the weapon, you know, he's the weapon now. Right. Number one, why is, why is Anduin powerful enough that they would pin all of their hopes on him Two, how are they going to turn him? Now you're a big star Wars watcher. You've seen a lot of people fall to the dark side, right? You've seen a lot of Sith Lords become Sith Lords in your time following star Wars media. How do they
0: turn Anduin? They manipulate their belief system. How? Tell me. <laughs> it's different for every person, but it's like, what are they? they to
1: show him that the light is bad, basically.
0: Yes, or that their way of doing things is a mean to, means to win's end. Whatever, and, like, Endwin's greatest desire, greatest hope, the way that Endwin most wants to affect change, that through them, he can achieve that. Ooh, interesting. So,
1: what is Anduin's greatest aim and greatest hope that they can they can do? That I don't know.
0: Hmm. He, I mean, his his arc to this point, in a grander sense, he wants. I mean, he kind of wants peace, right? Like Anduin was brought up as, like, kind of started under the old pacifist Jaina, like under her tutelage, and has really like and and used to be kind of the foil to Varian in Varian's early days when he was thrust into World of Warcraft spotlight as this kind of warmongering king.
1: Sure. I get, that. I get that. So yeah, it could be that old thing of like, I always think of it as like the Fire Nation in, in Avatar, right? That thing where when you, when you saw Fire Nation people talking about what they were doing in Avatar, it was often kind of billed as, you know, we did a great thing. We brought peace to the world by crushing everyone else. And I guess that's kind of what uh, the approach the jailer and Sylvanas would take with Anduin. Anduin's biggest kind of love is, is, is peace, but also justice. So it, it, in my mind, it's that thing of going, look, we've already mentioned a couple of times how unfair we think, this system. Whatever the mechanics of death is, however it was set up, we know that the jailer considers himself very wronged at some point in the past. And I'm sure that will be brought up as kind of like evidence of the injustice of the system. And I think it will be a play on uh, Anduin's sense of justice. If they can show him how unfair it is, then that's how they get him on their side, he, they think. And you know how I think they would do that? How? Tiffinrin. Tiffinrin or Varianrin. Because both of those people are dead. Both of those people are in the Shadowlands. If they can show Anduin that his mum or his dad, both people that he very much liked, traditionally, uh, are being treated incredibly unfairly, in the Shadowlands, due to the mechanisms of of death and and the uh, machinery of death, if they can go, look, your mum never did anything wrong. All she did was stand on a balcony and get hit in the head with a stone. And look where she is now. It's terrible.
0: It's awful. Look what she's become. Look what this unfair system has done. Wouldn't Tiffin have gone through the proper Shadowlands channels and actually been placed? but? The injustice of the system. Like, if, if it's Varian and it's just like, oh, he went straight to the
1: mall like everyone, that doesn't really show Anduin how unfair the structure is. Yeah, that's what I was someone- leading
0: up to. I don't think it could be Varian because Varian would have just went to the mall, and that's, that's on the jailer and his schemes at that point.
1: That, but um, either way, like, the fact that they've gone through the proper system, if they can show. Anduin, that it's unfair or that that person is suffering. And it's like, look, look, this was the arbiter that did this. They went through the system. This is how it's supposed to work. This is the system working as intended. This is w- what we want to break, you know? And it's your mum getting treated very unfairly or your dad getting treated very unfairly, like in a horrible zone and, uh, you know, being forced to be the antithesis of everything that they stood for or something like that. You know, maybe her, maybe his mum is in Maldraxxus and forced to fight and, like, Cause war and stuff, which is like anti everything she ever was, you know, or or something like that. Uh, maybe, uh, maybe her, uh, maybe his dad is like a Kyrian and forced to serve, and he's like, my dad shouldn't serve. My dad is a leader or something like that. But you know, something. You know what I'm saying? And this idea of like, this is how broken the system is. Look how in pain your loved one is. Because of the machinery of death, you need to help us break it because it's the only fair thing to do. It's the only way we will have justice for these sins. Like, that's the thing that can turn Anduin, in my opinion.
0: Yeah, <laughs> yeah I think I think you're right. Do you take any do you do you pay any a, any uh, credibility at all to the uh, art? is actually Anduin's dad theory. No. OK, I don't really either. Uh, again, that involves
1: such amazing gamer logic as they both have blonde hair. <laughs> uh,
0: t- I thought it all started when Anduin uh, threw the doors open to the Lord of Round Throne room in the exact same fashion, shot from the exact same camera angle, but sure. Sure. Oh, yeah, but that was just fun. That was just
1: fun. Yeah. Like, uh, all those kind of, you know... Um, and it also kind of... It could also suggest how... I mean, okay, so so the the obvious uh, parallels between um, Anduin and Arthas in those cinematics are, are there for numerous reasons. Um, partly to undermine what's happening because of the associations we got with the other cinematics. So uh, in in uh, the original Warcraft three one, uh, Arthas is going there to dethrone a king. And he's going there to execute the person who is sitting on the throne. And we know that because we've seen that cinematic. That's why they reference it. And Anduin is going in there to do the same thing, is to kill the person sitting on the throne, who is Sylvanus. Like, and, and setting up that expectation by referencing the cinematic allows them to undermine it because then Sylvanus, it turns out, is the one setting the trap. You know, like they've used our knowledge of the reference that they are bringing up to undermine it and change what happens like that. That's what they're doing in that cinematic. Um, It could also be interpreted as, you know, if in fact, Anduin is going to be turned and become evil, like later on, that could be seen as the start of his journey. Um, uh, is where he sort of starts going after Sylvanus in that way, you know, in revenge. Like his his actions in in Um Lauderon could be seen as revenge for what happened in uh, Darnassus, rather than like uh, a proper military maneuver to try and end a war. So, whereas that was uh, quite near the end of Arthur's journey, where he made his homecoming and 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 killed his dad, like it was very much the beginning of Anduin's journey. But the journey is very comparable to Arthas's in that, you know, the, the dark path that he goes down is very much due to decisions that he has made and seen through. And that's the tragedy of it. So like, those are the comparisons that I'd, I'd draw from the similarities in the cinematics and the obvious references in the cinematics rather than Arthas is the Lich King's son.
0: I agree. (laughs) Um, I (laughs) agree. Although I would, I would say that kind of, (laughs) to me anduin's trajectory in like through bfa just kind of got muddied and he felt he felt sidelined to me cuz it kind of oh, felt yeah. like he w- he was supposed to come into his own and take the war and take the fight to the horde but saurfang 110% stole his spotlight yeah because it was
1: it, anduin's invitation it has to be said as well, in fairness, like, um, you know, Anduin goes to uh, goes to Saurfang in the cell and like literally is like, I can't do this. You have to and lets him out. So like it's not, you know, like Anduin kind of purposely takes a backseat in that in that sense, which you could read as being actually incredibly mature of him. Like instead of diving in with both feet, he delegates and he allows the people who could actually make a difference to do it. Um, and you see that I think in the cinema in the Avengers Assemble cinematic, where uh, he goes to meet Fang, um in Kalimdor just before the the second season or, or of Order and they talk about it that way. And and uh, yeah, I, I think like maybe go back on some of those cinematics because I I feel like um, his decision to not be at the forefront of that stuff is a decision and like a tactical decision and and one that
0: works has to be said as well. Um, oh, but I, yeah, I, same. Yeah. It's it's interesting, yeah. I think, and to have any chance of turning into one at all, you, you need to discredit <laughs> the way death currently works somehow, or is supposed to be working. Um, how they go about doing it. it, sure, feels like pulling on old heartstrings of of dead loved ones. Sure, would be a, a theme or a direction they could go in an expansion where we can bring back the dead as needed. Yeah, absolutely. And I feel like
1: the way that they would do that with Anduin to turn him and, and to turn him into the useful weapon that they need him to be would be to show him injustice. Because that's what he cares about. He cares about justice. So if they can show him that this system is unfair and deserves to be dismantled, then he's on their side, right? Yeah. You sound like you disagree. Where do you see it going instead?
0: I, I don't. I, I It's just... I, I, it becomes fairly predictable to me if they turn Anduin because he's not going to stay turned. He's, but he's. Anduin. I mean, okay, like you're you're talking a bit meta there, but like, yeah, you, I'm I'm more thinking bigger picture. Like, where are that's we? Their plan, right. Sorry, what was that? I mean, you agree that turning him would be their plan, though. Yes, that certainly yeah. seems to be what the jailer is hinting at. But then I start to think about the just Shadowlands as a whole. Where are we going? Um, to it, 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 this is a positive. To its credit, I think Shadowlands is very focused. It, it doesn't seem like we're going to get lost on on side I mean, side quests. We're, we're not going to have this big split between the, the war between the Horde and Alliance. And then also there's this off and we have to somehow make all of this work and it kind of doesn't, which is another challenge of BFAs and where its story went. Shadowlands seemed like it's really focused on Sylvanas and the Jailer. But at the same time, I'm kind of like, well, where are we going? Is it interesting? Is there room for surprises? And 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 if if the next big chapter opens up and it's Anduin is on the side of the jailer, it's like, ah, there's no way it stays this way. For sure.
1: Like, Aspe- like And, you know, one of the things that surprised me was how sure, and we see this a little bit later on in, in the other cinematic that uh, arrives later on, how sure Sylvanus is that Anduin can be turned. You know, and Sylvanas has got a pretty rubbish record in this respect. Like, she thought she turned uh, 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 Varamathras away from the Legion, but she hadn't. Uh, um, he took over the whole of Undercity while she was away. Um, she thought she turned um, Proudmore, the Proudmore brother, she like dug him up from the sea. And took him out from a boat in BFA, and, and the whole point was to turn him into a sleeper agent, which it doesn't look like she managed to do. Looks like she failed pretty dismally there. Wait, but is now Jaina she's gonna
0: alive. walk up to Anduin and ask, "Are you the bomb this time?" <laughs>
1: <laughs> um, and 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 Anduin's like, you know, much kind of more loyal to his beliefs than any of those guys you'd imagine, and much stronger in in that sense. And and like, she's just convinced that she can turn him, which almost makes me suspicious that you know you we talk about the maybe 5d chess game that uh, sylvanas is playing against the jailer is when she's talking about getting him on side obviously she's selling it as getting it on getting him on side on our team m- me sylvanas and the jailer's team but could it be you know she knows she's never going to get him on this side and actually there's gonna be a moment where she's like, "Hey, you know what? This jailer dude is bad news. We need to do something about this." What do you I, say? I,
0: yeah, that's the other thing too. Is like, like if you're if we're talking about Anduin's trajectory, I think we start to talk about Sylvanas and the jailers as well because I don't look at uh, I don't look at Sylvanas as someone who has any interest in taking orders.
1: Hmm. But I mean, there's also I, I agree with you. And uh, Sylvanas' motivations are very uh, interesting to me in this expansion because the way she talks about the jailer and the jailer's plan does genuinely suggest that she believes in it, that she believes in the plan, that she believes in what the jailer is trying to achieve, whatever she thinks of the jailer. Like, she, it certainly seems that she genuinely believes in the cause, which is not something we've really seen from Sylvanas in a very, very long time. Like, she never really believed in the Horde. You know, we never saw her full, uh, you know, going with that, both feet, never see her believe in anything wholeheartedly apart from revenge against Arthas, which she never even really managed to get. Like, and yet when she talks about what the jailer's trying to do, it seems she genuinely believes in it. Likewise Denathrius uh, in the cinematic at the end of uh the, the questing and the leveling campaign as well. Like, say what you like. And obviously he was doing a big baddie thing and and like getting all the anima sucked off into the moor.
0: Yeah, I mean, he was, he, he, you have there has to be a better way to say that. But yeah, he was getting to sure, live in his the, penthouse with the, all the all the blood wine he could ever hope for. Sucked off
1: to the moor. Like uh and and Denathrius was watching it. Crawl to me on your knees. Jakes, buy me a Coke. He genuinely seemed to believe in the wrong that the jailer had faced as well. He says, you know, the jailer will take back what was taken from him. And interestingly, the other things they say about the jailer's motivation do seem to contradict each other. Um, Like, uh, Denathrius seems to think that the jailer's plan is for death to take over everything. Uh, and like to have dominion over everything. And uh, Sylvanus seems to think the plan is to dismantle the whole concept of death. And those things could work together, but they don't seem to. They seem to contradict each other. So there's also the possibility that the jailer is literally just saying his plan is different to different people. And it's like he said one thing to D'Anthurus, he's saying another thing to to, to Sylvanus. And they both believe in him for those reasons, but that's not actually the jailer's plan at all. Um, So maybe like we keep talking about Sylvanas betraying the jailer. Is there a point where maybe the jailer could, is actually shaping up to, to betray Sylvanas? Like she's finally got this cause that she believes in and that she's actually genuinely wholeheartedly behind. She's like, yeah, you're right. This whole death thing is totally unfair. Let's dismantle it. And the jailer's like, well, (laughs) that's what I want to do. Come along and help. And it's like, Denathrius is like, do we want to dismantle it? I thought we just wanted to make death the most powerful thing that bossed everything else around. The jailer's like, oh, I don't know that's that is what we're gonna do. It, so gonna yeah,
0: mo- and to me, that could kind of go one of two ways. But I think there's a point where the jailer turns on Sylvanus. What that reasoning is, I think it could either be if if Sylvanus is angling at betraying the jailer, I could see the jailer finding that out and becoming the sure. proactive party in that sense and being like, Oh, you thought you were gonna betray me? Well, uh, sorry, I figured this out and. Now you're my. Savannah almost seems like she's on a crash course for like the, being the next Ashara, like being like I, I see her imprisoned in prison, then a raid, being like, oh, what oh, current Ashara's game is though. To be honest,
1: So I've I got room for
0: another Ashara. That, that is fair, but but I'm just thinking of where she ended up in in the final raid of BFA, which was like in yeah. prison and being like, oh, here is oh, oof, hey, we're cool, right? I'm so glad you're here, like that. <laughs> yeah, it's so, and and it, that doesn't necessarily. I don't know. I I have a I have I think more patience than usual for repeated themes in World of Warcraft, just because we have so many characters and the story has been going on yep. so long. You're eventually going to come back around on certain themes and archetypes. Um, to me, it's just was the journey fun that I enjoy my my path along the way is when I end up chalking it up to to negative or positive in my mind. But um, yeah, it just seems I don't know. I'm seeing similar threads
1: yeah so to the visceral satisfying part of this conversation do you think there will be a moment where we see anduin turn even if it's like a lie yes so you think we'll see a
0: dark anduin i don't think they can help themselves yeah i don't think they can either I, i really don't think they can help themselves like it's too it's too juicy i want that i want that visual I don't care if it doesn't I don't, I don't care know. if it doesn't I, stick. You know, exactly. Luke walking story-wise. into Jabba's palace in full black. Doesn't matter that he's still the hero of that of that film. It's a visual you need. Yeah. Yeah.
1: Um I I, I absolutely agree. Um and like I story-wise I could see it not happening, but I can't see those cinematic dudes sitting, sitting around the table with Steve Neiser and then passing up the opportunity to have a dark Anduin. I just can't see it happening. <laughs> it's, it's definitely, yeah. Like, I, you know, I think it's guaranteed it's going to happen. We're going to get our dark Anduin at some point. Now, whether it's like genuine and whether he needs to be saved or whether he won't be saved, I find that very hard to believe, but you know, maybe like there'll be a moment where, uh, you know, he has a, a moment of clarity and like comes out of it or whatever, or if he was lying all along. Um, but I think we'll definitely see it for sure. Yeah. Maybe Sylvanas will save him. Maybe Sylvanas will turn him. And then the Jailer will betray her and then she'll be like, oh no, and saves Anduin. And then they both like, you know, bum up together and, and go and save the day.
0: They both, uh, yeah, yeah.
1: I like, Wow, I thought you were evil, but you stopped me being dark Anduin. So you can't be that evil.
0: Dranor is free. Yeah, I, I don't know how much of that is my hope because I've, I've always, Sylvanas has always lived as a sympathetic character in my mind, which is why the Burning of Teldrassil just never sat right with me. And I and I realize people disagree with me, and I've and I've seen every defense of of it as 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 humanly possible. So so, and that's not what I'm interested in. It's not the conversation I'm trying to have. I'm just trying to explain why I had the reaction that I had. Um, and and so I I, I don't know. Like I, I I I think there's still a part of me that wants Sylvanas to make a right decision for a change. Uh, because I still see her fall at the hands of Arthas and the torment that followed as as something that still that sticks with me and something that still makes me have uh, any iota of sympathy for this character. Um, but I, I don't, I don't know how much of that is co- coloring my desire to see her have any sort of redemption.
1: Well, um, I've got a question for you and this is a genuine question. This is like bearing in mind what you've just said about Sylvanas and like just wanting to see her make the right decision at some point. Why have you never wanted that for Arthas? Why are you happy that Arthas didn't need that? Because you still love Arthas. Arthas is still one of your favorite characters. But oh, I, he's yeah, but heard- I
0: love villains. Like, Vader is my favorite character in Star Wars. I, oh. I see him as a villain, as someone who has made ir- irredeemable choices. But it's just, I, I like good villains. They're fun. Like, I love Ganondorf. I love Arthas. You know, I love Vader. They're fun characters. It uh, doesn't mean I think they have the right world beliefs or views. <laughs> um, Arthas, he he makes all his own decisions. He ends up where he ends up as, a, as, as a, a, a direct result of his own personal decisions. He is the instrument of his own downfall. Now. Yeah, he was influenced, but he, st- the door, the door was open for him, but he still chose to walk through. Sylvanas was murdered by Arthas, had her soul ripped out of her body and was forced into servitude underneath him. And I, I just feel for that. And that's that that really that's really where Teldrassil didn't work for me cuz I expect I, I always looked at Sylvanas as someone who never forgot what that felt like like to be a part of essentially genocide. <laughs> um which and I and I don't I don't mean to make this too serious by invoking a word like that, but it's just the best word I can find for what happened to uh, to Sylvanas when she was alive when Arthas showed up. Um, and so when she's just like, yeah, yeah, let's just, let's just kill everyone and tell yourself with, <laughs> let's just resort to wanton destruction and loss of life. It was just, I was just like, God, just don't see it. I feel like she wouldn't have forgotten what that was like and the toll that that took on her and her people. Um, but that's, that's the reason that's, that's the route, the route they went down. And again, I'm not trying at this. I've given up. Like I've given up trying to convince anyone to think the way I think, but this is just the way where the character has always resided in my mind. And that's, so that's why I see Sylvanas as someone who was, uh, thrown into darkness against her will. Whereas Arthas was someone who walked into darkness with open arms. Mm. Is
1: there not also the, that I agree with you, obviously, is there not also like a, an argument where Arthas may have made all his own decisions, but he was always trying to do good. You could argue that, okay, Sylvanas didn't choose to become a banshee and didn't choose to become Sylvanas, but she has since chosen to do the opposite of good many times since then. And not just Teldrassil, but on, on countless occasions before that as well. And at some point, don't you have to kind of go, well, yeah, it's shit what happened to her, but, all the decisions she's made since have been her own, and she's chosen to do the bad things. Whereas Arthur's he did bad things. Absolutely, that's the tragedy. It was all his own choice, but he was trying to do good. And Sylvanas, since she became a badgie, you could make the argument she's never tried to do good. Uh, um, yeah, and, and I you think know, you're the good that she was trying to, to do I'm... when we first met her was defend her home, which is pretty low bar for good actions, really. Yeah, you know, who wouldn't?
0: Well, and you're coming, you're coming around to where I'm. I think the reason I'm trying to like fan check myself, mm. it's like as, as someone who up until Teldrassil had sympathy for Sylvanas, I don't think I do anymore. And I agree with you. And I think that's why I, I think post-Teldrassil Sylvanas to me is, is irredeemable. I think Sylvanas deserves to pay at this point. And Interesting. so I don't, I I think as an uh, my like a oh, uh, uh, pre Teldrassil Sylvanas fan wants Sylvanas redeemed. I think uh, post Teldrassil Sylvanas. I think just the way War, the, world where the Warcraft has played out. I think Sylvanas deserves to pay for her actions.
1: Yeah, I I, I think so too. Um, it's interesting, but I, I really enjoy her seeing, and this is why I hope that she's not playing the jailer. I don't mind if the jailer's playing her, but I don't want to see her playing the jailer so much because I don't know I'm just enjoying her genuinely believing in something, and I'm enjoying yeah. her being a baddie, like and and having the freedom to be a baddie. Like she was always written as a baddie, um, in World of Warcraft. Like Warcraft Three is its own beast, but since we've known her in Wo- World of Warcraft and in this world and this in this game. She's always been written as like the odd one out in the Horde and someone who didn't believe in it and someone who was always kind of undermining it. And uh, especially from Cataclysm onwards, like when she didn't have the very sympathetic crutch of, you know, Arthur's is still out there and and I, I'd like to get revenge on him. Once that was gone from from Cataclysm onwards, where there's not so much sympathy for her because okay, like, Arthas is gone now. Why are you doing the bad stuff now? Um, it, like, I, I, they've always had to hold back on it a little bit because, yeah, she's a faction leader and a much-loved faction leader and someone that a lot of people do feel a lot of sympathy for. And, and it's been fun to watch her just, like, let loose and, and be the baddie that... And, and especially if she genuinely believes in the cause. Like, if she then undermines that by going, ah, I never believed in this all along, it's a bit like, now I don't like you as a goodie or a baddie.
0: Yeah, it's like stand <laughs> like, for something, right? Like yeah so stand totally, for anything totally. at all. but um, I, I mean, I think you could still have her betray the the jailer. If her thought is to betray the jailer so she can kind of usurp him and and have full control over death, that still makes yeah. sense to me and still makes her a baddie. But oh, you I, know what? That I think I could I,
1: go with yeah. when I you're absolutely right. When I say betray the jailer, what I mean is, aha, everything I did, all along was to stop the bad thing that the JLo was trying to do. That's what I actually mean when I say betray. I mean, like, betray as in, ha I never believed in your plan, and I only did it to stop you destroying Azeroth. Like, you know, it was 5D chess all along. Look at the size of my forehead. Um, that's the thing that would really piss me off.
0: Yeah, yeah, um, and, I, and I've said this on the show before, that, like, once I just get out of my own way with, like, not liking the pure like, full-on villain Sylvanas is fun as hell. Like her sitting side saddled in the Lord throne room. Mm, Love it. Cut, print it fun villain. Love it. Yeah. But it's, uh, it's still like, if we're having the conversation, I have all these other like dangling thoughts with the, with the Sylvanas character. So, but yeah, at this point, like just keep her bad and let's have her be a raid boss.
1: (laughs) (laughs) Sylvanas for raid boss. 2021. It's fine. Yeah. yeah. Okay. So with, with this in mind, right, we think there might be a point where we have a dark Anduin. Like how he gets there, we don't know. What's Savannah's role in it and her intentions behind it, all we don't know. But with that in mind, let's get in some proper juicy speculation, okay, and say 9.1 is going to have to happen. We're guessing around late March for it. We're guessing that it'll probably be announced at BlizzCon line in February. We've asked this question before on the show, but we've never had this much context, and we've never had this much story like out there and revealed to us before. You know, so at this point of expansion going into twenty twenty one, having played through the leveling, having played through the raid, having seen how that ends up, how, uh, how being at the point in the in the Covenant campaign where you are, um, and I am at, this rel- at comparable points in all of them. Now, with all that in mind. Where do you see us going in 9.1? And do you think we'll go anywhere? What, what, what do you see happening in
0: 9.1? I sensically and realistically, I think we're going to see where the hell the brokers are coming from. I think we're going to get yes. some sort of new zone. But I don't I know if that's where the rate is going. I I really don't know. I don't know like what the next raid is. Yeah. And that's strange mm-hmm. to me. But that, that comes, that all comes back to the fact that the covenants and their stories right now are very inward and they don't seem to be heading towards some big Avengers crossover that point us towards a singular direction. And mm-hmm. then also Nathria itself doesn't point anywhere, which yeah. isn't necessarily a bad thing. Personally, I, I was with, I was with you, I wanted it to kind of wink and nod where like I wanted it to, 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 to like give us a compass. Hey, this is the direction we're going next. And I don't know. Um, so in my mind, there's a couple of options. One,
1: the forsworn, which you might be surprised to hear me mention the forsworn is still, uh, as far as I, I don't think we tie a ribbon on the forsworn at the end of the, uh, covenant campaign. Correct me if I'm wrong, but at the moment in the, covenant, like, cause I, I haven't spoiled myself for that. And at the moment in the covenant campaign, You know, we've only got a couple of chapters left and, you know, maybe we'll be able to destroy, like, I think we might end up getting Uther on side, uh, but the Forsworn as an entity might still be out there and maybe perfect to have a raid against, you know, um, and and, and fight against in some way and bring them down because they are are working with the Jailer. They're a legitimate kind of like uh, enemy to fight against. I think that's possible. The other option is the Brokers, um, and I think it might be a bit too soon for them to kind of like reveal their hand. I feel like the the Brokers might be a slower burn um, and, and something yeah, that kind the, of we, we get to we later get, on in the expansion.
0: The, like, the later the patches get, though, the more it has to, I think, be a direct tie-in to, to the Jailer yeah. and Sylvanas. So to I me, point agree. one seems like the only time you could really sink your teeth into the Brokers without... It feeling anticlimactic or 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 making certain players impatient.
1: I don't disagree. And um it's worth noting. Uh, did you go and get your uh weekly dungeon quests off the brokers in that downstairs room in Auroboss this week? I did. Uh because when you go down to get your weeklies, there is a conversation happening.
0: Oh, I definitely missed it because I totally ah. Yeah. M- Martin Wheeled, man. I'm blue fox in, blue fox out. <laughs>
1: so when you go down there, they're talking to the opulence which is really funny. I love how opulence is like a a title. So, you know, you've got the, you got your, guys hang around there. And one of the, is the opulence and, um, uh, someone goes up to the opulence. One of the brokers goes up to the opulence and says opulence, uh, towards the effect of, um, you know, some of these, uh, guys are asking some questions and and getting a bit impatient and, you know, might, might kind of be on the verge of like spoiling stuff for us. And opulence is like, look, you just got to placate them. Just got to make them feel okay because we can't get shaken from our cause here, right? Uh, I profit, we all profit. He says, um, and so I like. We know already with all the Venari stuff and what have you that there is a, a, a broader kind of like conspiracy or storyline going on with them, and um, clearly that is going to come out. Clearly, the, the the brokers are a bit sus. Uh, <laughs> yes, and, uh, do, are you, you a know, um?
0: Are you a Futurama fan? Uh, I mean, I don't dislike it, but I'm not a, I'm a connoisseur by any means. Uh, do you, are you familiar with the, the scammers from the first feature length Futurama film? No. Oh, okay. They're, they're a race of aliens that just scam entire planets out of everything they own. And I'm getting major scammer vibes from the brokers. Sounds good. But then maybe it's a googly. Maybe it's, it's, a, it's a, a tricksy.
1: Maybe it's like, actually, they are trying to do some good. Uh and, and actually they'll have they'll actually kind of um like uh enlist us. Maybe they're like, look, the reason we're trying to get all these resources together is because uh the drust are about to take over and the only way we could see to stop them was to have loads of money. Hey, it's worked for other nations on that our world. Seems it's questionable but yeah <laughs> yeah it seems questionable but that brings us to our other option which is the drust and Thross. uh you know the drust are obviously quite uh, a big force in um ardenweald um and uh you know they they have uh, are clearly making inroads into uh ardenweald and uh, you know, we still got the we still got the Thross guy from the end of Waycrest manor that needs dealing with. Presumably he's out there somewhere well, and, and, and will make an
0: appearance. And back to the brokers, like it's not they're not just stealing money. I mean, we fight one that's like in a weapons vault in weapons. Mathia. And artifacts. Yeah. yeah. Yeah.
1: But then okay, so so also all around Shadowlands, which is something that people aren't really talking about much, are those kind of like things from the upside down are uh, are from like the cracks. That have been appearing in the Shadowlands due to the Anima drought, like you know those kind of portals, and they look like they're from Wheel, but they're not. They're they're like kind of like uh, the I guess like the Shadowlands version of the Twisting Nether, like the in between, like the 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 Mirror Realm or whatever. And they they're coming in through the cracks and they're feeding on Anima. And and it's literally called the, the in between uh,
0: when you're when you're flying between realms, is it? Oh, there we are. <laughs> um, and well, you um, spend so much damn time
1: flying. <laughs> yeah, uh, and that's that's where they that's where they're from. And uh, it could be the, the uh, they it could be the brokers gathering weapons to try and fight them off. No one's talking about those guys yet. You can get one as a mount, and it gives you a little bit of uh, sort of lore on the uh, the mount description of it, and that's like the the best description we've got of what they actually are, because otherwise they're never really explained, and they're everywhere. You know, they're in every zone. Just kind of like there, feeding on stuff, uh, and and presumably it's going to get worse. Well, you'd think it would actually get better since we're we're kind of solving the drought a bit now. But guaranteed it'll get worse, and and so they're an option as well. These like monsters from the in between. Uh, I kind of hope it's not Thrust and Drust because kind of been there, you know. And I know you don't yeah. like dusty dead zones. So
0: <laughs> the, I do like the, dr- the Drust brand of 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 dead zone though. Is really cool. It is cool. Drust is great, but we, yeah, we, I mean, we've had two expansions in a row now of Drust.
1: Yeah. Yeah. Uh, Yeah, obviously the Venari stuff with the brokers is very intriguing as well. And that's what makes me think it might be a slightly bigger story than a 9.1 thing. But I I, I suspect we might, well, we'll obviously find out more about it in 9.1. Whether or not it's the main thrust of the story and goodness, a zone, because flying is meant to be coming in 9.1 as well. Um, which I'm a bit disappointed about honestly I, i'm I'm really enjoying still running around the zones
0: oh, the like, okay cool. I know, finally I know we disagree this it.
1: episode all right uh, I know but like you know usually two patches is enough for me to want to be able to fly around the zones and you know i i even then I miss kind of the perspective and the views you get when you're walking around them and, and like the routes you, then, you then take get
0: and, your ass to the ground and enjoy your enjoy your views obviously <laughs> not obviously not that's like saying like before transmog
1: existed well just wear greys if you think they look better like we don't need a new system to to make you better wear I, whatever you want oh just wear God. the wear the shit gear if Can you like get it hashtag
0: so no tally uh trending please i just no no <laughs> I, I couldn't disagree um, with you more. I have never well, I know I know you I know you couldn't, but I I, for just, me I don't think I've ever been more just exacerbated by how long it takes me to do daily grinds in World of Warcraft than in Shadowlands. Really? Yeah. I'm amazed because
1: I like that's something about Shadowlands that I really, really like. I like how involved the world quests are. I like how long they take. I like how long it takes to get um uh, I like I like how it's not a quick like run round one and done honestly i i like how involved they are i like how like loads of the world quests have like multiple stages to them you know like i like how you go around and you you charge up your thing by killing some things and then you get into a big machine and you blow loads of them up and then you run and kill the elite that was kind of ruling the i love all
0: that i think it's pretty yeah i hate all of it i hate everything that you just said that you (laughs) like I wouldn't mind. So, so I, I like, know the exact question you're talking about in Bastion, where you kill a bunch of stuff, you charge a thing up, and then you, you do a super laser out of a, 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 a one of the robot dudes i would almost agree with you except it takes probably four times as long as i think it should to charge the thing and then they make you run approximately seven miles to go kill the bastard that you need to kill it's just like why why like i want to like this thing because i do like the the narrative structure I, i do like the unlocking of one piece of the quest after the other i think that's cool but it's like all of it takes so much longer than it needs to and then it's like yeah all right Run down this long hallway that where everything is dead, which is cool the first time you've done it, but I've done it like 17 times now, so it just
1: it loses I, its it makes feel like less of a so grind to me. To it me. makes it feel like a much less of a grind to me personally, but like everyone's entitled to their own opinion and everyone's going to have their own. I'm not saying you're wrong, I'm not saying you're wrong, but I'm well, just not, saying I'm that not i trying really to enjoy win an
0: argument here. I, I honestly find that fascinating that you say it feels like less of a grind to you because to me, it like it exacerbates the grind, it really. To me, it really hammers home the part, the parts where I'm just not doing anything and I'm doing this like I feel like I've run down that same bridge so many times to kill that one mob. And also the amount of times that the mob is like at like 2% health when I arrive there and my throwing my weapon on my warrior doesn't actually connect in time and I have to just sit there and wait like a jackass for the respawn. Okay, that is bad. That is
1: bad, yeah. Yeah, and like, obviously, it's a grind. But I mean, for a start, world quests aren't as important as they have been in previous expansions. Um, and second, I, I, mean, I don't
0: know about you, man. Do you have you? Do you are you aware of? Have you upgraded a damn thing in your covenant? Are you aware of how much anima you need?
1: <laughs> yeah, but it comes pretty naturally. Just do the big ones. Like, do your, do your mission tables that give you anima so you don't have to bother with that. And, like, do the ones that give you 250 anima and don't your, bother with the rest of the shit. Your mission table, You're going to get your anima.
0: The majority of the mission table missions give you 35 anima, by the way. It's it's a pittance. Yeah, I know. But, like, the majority of world quests give you, like, 130,
1: something like that. So, like, yeah. When I when I have a calling that says go and do world quests, I usually target the anima ones. And I do three. And that's that. I do And too. then I do my... I do my weekly quests, my d- weekly dungeon, uh, quests, which give anima. I do, uh, I kill the world boss and which gives like 250, 300, something like that. And yes. then, uh, I, 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 kill, you know, there's, there's once a day, there's usually a world quest that has 250 anima up and I do that and that's it. Um, and, and it's, and those ones are really involved. Like there's one, oh man, there's one in turn size scythe. And this is what got me thinking that like, I didn't want to fly, really, is because I really loved running around Turn a Scythe, like that bit which is in the dungeon with the maze and stuff, but like in the world. Yeah, and I boy, just really you enjoyed I- it. I was like, I wouldn't be enjoying this if it was fine. And you go on the hunt and you join you join the wild hunt and you go running from bit to bit and it's really well-programmed and it's just nicely scripted. And I just really enjoyed it. And oh, I, I was I, like, yeah, this is this so fun. so
0: fascinating because, yeah, everything you're mentioning that you really like, like, I cannot stand it. That very thing. Why does every zone... Have an area with quests that I I do not see as skippable because I do I do basically the same thing you you were describing I I go for the big anima, um for the most part except I did finally upgrade one thing to level two and now I'm like anima starved and now I'm just grinding as much anima. As oh, I can. you will be, and um, yeah, you, but you know, back to your 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 why does every zone have like the the elite corner where you have to just corpse run through shit that murders you dead if you're not a rogue or a druid (laughs) to get to the quest it's like I like that quest I like that quest a lot and I do like that it's in turn to side then I have to walk around I love that area it's like lost woods and Zelda it's fantastic but why why, why do I just have to like go oh shit 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 shit," for like five minutes before I actually get to where the quest is (laughs)
1: look I hate to say this because I don't want to be elitist but it sounds like you're just shit at the game
0: (laughs) Have you stopped to consider that maybe you're it a distraction? It sounds to this me thing. like you're a lot closer to Sire Denathrius's sexual preferences than <laughs> you might uh, be letting on to. Yeah, to I, f- me, it I seems feel like, like you you're love totally dommed by the game here. And No, no, I, mean, I think you like getting dommed
1: by the game. No, it doesn't dom me. I find it interesting. I find it interesting. I, again, like, I, I, found I, it,
0: I, I find it interesting the, like the first two to three weeks. And then at that point, I'm just like, I'm a little, you know, it's tiresome to do the elite avoidance again. And I don't, I don't, I don't, yeah, fair, fair. I don't know. And, and again, and, and like, I've realized some chat rooms, some people in the chat room are like, "Wang, Garrett, wow. like, I get it. I get that I'm, I'm bitching, but it, no, it, people, it, in this chat room, this is my stream chat room. It comes and from you're- a place where I think this expansion is one of the best I've played. And so the things that irk me really stand out to me. And so like things like I straight up, don't want to go to Revendreth. I don't want to be there. It is so, to me, it is so horrendously inconvenient to move around. I don't enjoy being in the zone, which sucks because I love looking at it. I think it's one of the greatest looking and design zones I've ever seen. But moving around it, it takes me like four times as long to do anything in Revendreth as it does in any of the other three zones. So I just avoid it entirely. That just seems strange to me. And uh, yeah, I, I don't know. I'm usually because you and I've had the Pathfinder conversation so many times, like to me, I'm like 0.2 patches makes sense for flying. I just don't want to grind out new, uh, reputation, reputation when I get there, that, that to me yeah, is where I, 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 I can, I've, I've, uh, um, but, but, but this is the first expansion where I'm like, after a month, I'm ready to fly. I'm done. I want to fly. Look,
1: now. Maybe by the time that listen, I, I don't think 9.1 is coming in a month. All right. So maybe by the time it comes, I will be totally on board with being able to fly. I, I just think at the moment, like if flying happened tomorrow, I get the feeling you'd really like be thankful about that and, and really like it. And I'd be a bit disappointed. That's all. I'd, I'd rather yeah. a bit more time. And I'm not trying
0: to, with. I'm not again, like with everything I've talked about, there, yeah. I'm like, I'm not trying to bring it over to my side. I'm trying to explain to you why I feel the way I feel. Um, so yeah, that's just, that's just Cause it.
1: like, it's like, I don't feel like I know the maps yet.
0: I don't feel like I know my
1: way from one place to another. I don't know the nooks and crannies. Like, you know, all the best video games I've ever played, and like the Yakuza games are really good with this, like all the RPGs, like uh, the early Fallout games, like one and two and stuff, all the the early borders Gate and stuff, like all the games that I've always really loved. I have played so much that I know the maps inside out. I know like zones in WoW, so like inside out. And I, I don't know the zones in Shadowlands like that yet. And I enjoy running around them. And I, I, I like I'm constantly coming across new bits that I don't know um, and that I'm appreciating. Like, I went to the Chalice Ward in Revendreth. I'd never been in the Chalice Ward before. Or I hadn't noticed ever being in the Chalice Ward. And I was like, wow, the houses are nice around here. This is cool, and like you just notice a bit of character about a zone that you you hadn't noticed before, and then like just the the the, the way that the mobs are arranged around there, it just has a slightly different character um, from from other parts, and you'd miss that if you were flying. And I'm not ready to move on from like exploring these zones yet. Is all, and, and like and and that's a very RPG thing. I appreciate that. I like, even though I don't role play, I appreciate that. I. I I like the RPG elements of, of the game more than most people. And I like I I get that. And I, I know that a lot of people disagree with me on it. So I I never push it. But um it's how I feel. And I like I I I appreciate running around the zones at the moment and I will be if it were to happen tomorrow and we were to get flying, I'd be sad about it, put it that way. But it's not happening for at least another 20 weeks, don't worry, because <laughs> it's not on the renowned chart right now.
0: Yeah, yeah. And all of that is informing <laughs> my impatience. Yeah, was...
1: exactly. So by the time we actually get, and guaranteed when flying does come in 9.1, it will come as in it will be on the renowned chart. But it ain't gonna be the first thing on the renowned chart, is it? No. It's gonna be like, look, I, we told you flying's coming in 9.1 it's like yeah in week 20 which i can now see like that's what it's gonna be you know it so like yeah yep. I, I dare say i'll be on your side by the time flying actually comes around i'll be very very we're ready. gonna
0: have we're gonna have to run for too long
1: yeah. okay <laughs> listen, i've got an incredible theory that has just come into my head now, which is unrelated to what we've just been talking about, but actually quite related to the topic of this stream and of this podcast, which I know I'm as surprised as you are. But, so, how can I put this? You know the Ardenweald campaign right now is kind of centred around, and this isn't really a spoiler, kind of centred around the fact that um. Taranda is not the only Night Warrior and not the original Night Warrior. Yes. And that Night Warriors haven't just existed for a very, very long time, but they've literally existed on other worlds, um, which is fascinating for a number of reasons, not least of all the idea that a Loon is recognized and worshipped on multiple other worlds, at least. So we all accept that the Night Warrior is a thing. That isn't only Tyrande and the other Night Warriors exist. Yes. In our reality. What if it's the same with the Lich King? What if Arthas is not the only Lich King and there are multiple Lich Kings from across Azeroth, uh, across our universe? Um, what if that little cutscene that you see when uh, you get all the legendary recipes and you see the jailer? telling the uh, the primus sorry the runesmith to make the helm of domination and frostmourne what if they are not the only helm of domination and the only frostmourne and what if the jailer much like a loon and the night warrior has lich kings
0: everywhere well how, how does that impact the story because so far Shadowlands so, has not been very interested in diving deep into the multiverse thread. It it, 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 it doesn't have to, no 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 I'm not I'm not talking multiverse I'm talking like
1: just out, like because it's not suggested that the other Night Warriors are from a multiverse; like they're from our reality. They're just from different worlds, like uh, different, you know. But but not a different reality, not a different kind of alternative universe or something else. Yeah, they're from but, our. But universe. Not, I guess
0: it's not it's not explicitly stated. But I get the vibe that there's only ever one Night Warrior at a time.
1: Oh yeah, for sure, for sure. I get that. I get that. But I mean, that's because the Night Warrior is mortal, right? But the Lich King doesn't have to be. Um and uh, there's nothing to say there could only be one night warrior at a time anyway, just because there was a first one. Um, there's always got to be a first. It doesn't mean they have to come in a sequence. but you're, you're right, you're right that but either way, what impact would having multiple Lich kings on different worlds have on the story? Well, it would mean that the jailer has influence outside of the shadowlands beyond Azeroth, and we know how important it was when Devos discovered. Like, what a big deal Devos considered it to be when she discovered that the Jailer had influence on Azeroth. And, like, what a world-ending catastrophe that was to her. And, like, how catastrophic that was. Story-wise, it would mean that, actually, he's got influence on a lot of different planets. Supposedly, through the Dreadlords, which we know we are reasonably assuming have some connection to the Jailer. And to Denathrius, and to to the 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 transportation of Frostmorn and the Helm of Domination out of the Shadowlands and onto Azeroth and into the Legion's hands, and I don't know, I, I I haven't. It's not an idea I've thought about because it literally just came into my head. But we know there are multiple Night Warriors on different worlds what if there were multiple lich kings on different worlds like what i mean yeah what would that do for the story what would that do for the jailer's plan what would that do for where the expansion could go next because what if the expansion turned into a world hopping we've got to
0: defeat the lich king on each world or if they go to invade azeroth like a bunch of yeah uh, exactly so a bunch of uh, space worthy necropolises show up Mm-hmm. So what if there's like, hey, you know that? What if, what if? Okay,
1: okay. So the original Night Warrior that we've just become best buds with on Ardenweald, what if we're just chatting to him one day uh, after we've completed the Covenant campaign and like, you know, we whip out the Helm of Domination? Or he comes with us to Oribos and sees the Helm of Domination there and he's like, oh my God, there's a dude on my world that had one of those. And we're like, what a fuck? <laughs> and he's like yeah what's that that's that's the helm that the the king guy used to wear and he had this sword that could capture people's souls and we're like oh shit and then we have to go to that world to like fight and so we get like the the satisfaction of a lich king fight but on a different world against a different lich king
0: it, it, he's like, going to need to make another move against life, right? Like, as a No, 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 so- no, because that, that's a
1: preemptive thing. But then all the other Lich Kings from all the other worlds, that becomes the attack. So, like, our introduction to the idea of multiple Lich Kings is that it's revealed there's another one on another world. So we go and, like, we're like, well, we have to do something about that. So we go and do something about that. And that's a raid. It's a fucking Lich King raid. But then it's, like, revealed that, holy shit, he's not the only other Lich King. There are loads. Um, on different worlds and what what's going to happen with that like the, he's like the, the jailer's kind of fingers are so deep in these pies that you know he's got all these fingers in the pie that all he needs to do is just like go like that and clench his fist and this pie is going everywhere you know with all these lich kings kind of implanted somewhere and like the lich kings are kind of like the jailer's version of the old gods as in they are just out there causing shit you know um,
0: I don't know. I just thought of it. It just same. Makes sense. Because there's been little... There's been a, a breadcrumb trail of dreadlords. Right? Yeah. And that has a, a lot of... Well, a breadcrumb is, is putting it mildly. It's kind of like a big neon sign, really. But yeah, but yeah. The, the, the expansion itself hasn't really messed with it. Yeah, no, you're right. You're right. It's, it's, it's been just been like very, very big minor hints, which led to like um Draka's Cinematic in the House of Eyes go actually leaving the Shadowlands to spy on dreadlords on other worlds and and that mm-hmm. calls into question a lot of things and so yeah make sure makes sense that if the jailer's influence extends beyond Azeroth why you know why wouldn't there why couldn't there be lich kings in other realms because de- death is clearly a binding agent that affects all of all the worlds in in the existence that Warcraft takes place in so, so why would why would death be any different on other worlds? Yeah, exactly. Um, I just think it's a, I just think it's an
1: interesting idea. Like a Lich King raid on a different world would be fun because we deserve a Lich King raid. We deserve a fight against a Lich King. We haven't got a Lich King right now. So, but what if there's one on another world? You know. Um, and, but yeah no guaranteed the the dreadlords are gonna be a part of it and you know what i think you know i think that uh the dreadlords are gonna see our way into the 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 cosmos war right i, I believe that you know uh, I, i've got feeling the jailers probably trying to make a death titan uh, out of the world, Soul of Azeroth, I, I think it will probably be revealed. We know that's what the Void are trying to do. I think it will probably be revealed that the Light are trying to do it as well. And it wouldn't surprise me if there were other forces from other parts of the, uh, the cosmos that were probably trying to do the same thing as well. So you have all these cosmic forces who are just in a perpetual state of war with each other anyway, all converging on Azeroth to try and get control of it. Sort of thing, and, and birth their own style titan, uh, because that would make them win the the cosmos war or whatever. And I, I think that could be very interesting. And death is in that game sort of thing. Um, and I think that's where it's going. And I think the death lords are our, uh, the dread lords are our way of getting there. There have been like multiple hints that Danathrius is like explicitly connected to the dread lords, as in he is one. Um, you know they the, they refer to him as the Lord of Death. Um, uh, sorry, the Lord of Dread on multiple occasions like he just looks like one (laughs) um the the there's the tower in revendreth where you find like the the diary of reports that are coming back supposedly from dreadlords from the other parts of the cosmos like giving giving you the heads up on what those are and that tower is uh pictured like in sketch form on the very last page of the uh shadowlands art book that comes with the collector's edition it's clearly very important i need to get that by the way Uh, yeah yeah um and uh like just just plenty of that kind of thing um so yeah i think it's i I think we're in for some big dreadlord reveals and obviously i'm not alone in thinking that that's like the general opinion of the of the the speculation community (laughs) if there's such a thing yeah, and yeah. by, by speculation
0: just, community, I mean people that like to talk about a video game. Yes, yeah. <laughs> I just for some reason the the multi Lich King thing seems like a bit of a leap. And oh yeah, for sure. I'm just I'm just it spitballing. Could, it just suddenly occurred it could be to me. Cool, if you've got man. multiple
1: Night Warriors, why not?
0: I want it to be another invasion on Azeroth, though, dude. I just want I want the art of like massive space necropolises showing up and music from Thor Ragnarok to start playing. <laughs> <laughs> multiple Lich, Lich Kings just descend upon Azeroth because it all comes back to Azeroth. Our planet is for some reason, just the most special damn thing in the cosmos. Titan that we know of. So that's why the void is very interested in it. Yes, And that's why Sagaris has been very interested in it is because, uh, which is why the Titans defended it, which is why we have so many damn life forms even on the planet in the first place. Yeah, yeah, exactly.
1: And like, and everyone wants to get hold of this unborn Titan because they're incredibly powerful. I mean, like Sagaris found one in Argus and kept it as a battery you know, to, to birth demons, like, a like super fast rate and stuff like that. So, I mean, which, yeah, everyone wants a bit of Azeroth. It's fair enough. You know, everybody
0: wants a piece of us.
1: Yeah. I don't blame
0: them. Look at this scarf.
1: (laughs) Crawl to me on your knees. Um, all about it.
0: It's all about it. There we go. How is that not a toy? Final
1: question of the episode: Yes or no answer? Is Anduin the final boss of
0: Shadowlands? No, <laughs> no. There is no reality in the actual multiverses. There's there's no version of this reality, and where Anduin is the final boss. No, no version of this reality. No, interesting. There's no, there's okay. no, there's no pocket universe where that's true. Wow.
1: I'm glad no one watches this show so, uh, or listens to this show so that you could never be proven wrong if it were to happen. We I could just scoot over that and ignore it. Okay. Will Anduin be a boss in Shadowlands?
0: Yes. Oh,
1: the intrigue.
0: <laughs> yes, boss. No, not final boss.
1: Okay, cool. I, I'm, I'm inclined to believe with you, but I by the way, if he's I, the
0: final boss of what we think is the final raid, and then they like give us like a Ruby Sanctum mini raid, I'm, I, I might. I, I'm I right. honestly, I'm right. I'm right. Honestly,
1: I don't know. I don't think Anduin will be the final boss, but I'm not as like completely convinced that it couldn't happen as you are. You honestly couldn't see Anduin going bad, and us beating him in a boss fight. And then as he's laying there after the final boss fight of the expansion, the ghost of Varian coming to him in a cinematic and Anduin being like, is it over? And, uh. and Varian, instead of being like, instead of being like Arthur's father and being like, yeah, give up, dude. Instead of being like that goes, no it's not over you've still got a water win win for the light
0: and for then Azeroth. music swells and yeah.
1: Yeah. are you seriously telling me you can't see that happening and he's like you're right
0: father and he gets up and he's like oh fuck you jailer i can but it's the second to last boss and then we charge yeah, into the fight enough, against the jailer it. Like I'm, I'm, I'm calling it right now. That's going to happen. That cinematics already been made. And it lasts for uh, seven seconds, which is approximately double the length of the cinematics that happened in Nialotha. So we think it's rad.
1: <laughs> but I, can you, can you not imagine? Like, tell me if we were sitting around the table in Blizzard HQ and someone said that and they're like, okay. So he's like, Varian's ghost comes to him. He's like, is it over? And Varian looks down and says,
0: no really cool you'd get the chills wouldn't you come on you get the chills Mm, i would is very tell me varian's ghost looks like a a cracked glazed vase by the way just (laughs) fell cracks all back together
1: yeah yeah like kintsugi
0: just glued back together
1: (laughs) you've got a water in yeah
0: (laughs) (laughs) oh well We'll, well, we're going to have to wait a while to see what what happens with Little Lion Man. Maybe. And then
1: we fly off on our flying mounts, which we definitely got at that point. And, uh, and <laughs> Gareth's Do we?
0: happy. Do we? They're going to be a surprise. You need Renown 175 to unlock flying. Everyone. Enjoy. <sighs> oh, God. Right. Well, I can't wait. I'm very
1: excited. I hope I live till 2021. I hope I make it. I to hope Ramonia
0: becomes a flying mount that I can unlock. Oh, yeah. I just want to fly around. Go sit on
1: it very, very
0: carefully. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, you just still sit on the hilt like a witch's broom. Yeah. <laughs> you know, because I mean it attacks you upside down in the raid. Sure. So. Sure. By the way, one of the coolest boss effects I've ever seen. I
1: love that. Oh, movie. it's wicked. I absolutely love just it. I think all the Ramonia stuff is is just incredible. I love it so much. Um, I love all the speech. I love like the dynamic that it gives the fight. Awesome. And I love it just as like a, a law tidbit that kind of powerful people in Revendreth just have these swords that don't just float around with them, but are like their demons, you know, from like from magic compass or something. They are like their companions and stuff. And I love that. And they have like so emotional attachments. It's amazing. Yeah, it's amazing. And uh, so really has cool. been this episode. So my mind has been blown Garrett. Should we finish the pre-show and start properly?
0: Uh, yeah. Did you leave pre-show up the whole time? No. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> I was just dicking with you. <laughs> well, folks, if you would like to write in and be a part of the show when we do mailbag episodes or when we actually haven't done two hour episodes, and can pull a question or two. You may do so at wowkillercast at gmail.com. That's where you can send your emails in. Let us know your thoughts. And please do so. We're, we're due for one. We're due for one. Tell us. Then, are you aware of what this episode marks? Uh, No. Tell me one year of wow killer no way that's so sad and how many episodes
1: uh 35 <laughs> that's not bad that's more than not that is more than not
0: it's good good work it's good well wow, do, i wouldn't have thought it well do, uh, over or under next year oh over over for sure Second. yeah man
1: totally we now we've got a podcast we're not growing this shit anymore we're all like yay you let's also have an
0: expansion yeah, we're exactly. not, we're not like in the death <laughs> rows of, wow, of, of an expansion. Um, yeah, it's great. It's great. Um, so congrats on a year. Uh, cheers. And, uh, anyways, if folks are unaware somehow of the wonderful wow content that you make outside of Wow killer, tell and where can everyone find you? Hang on, hang on.
1: So hang on, hang on. Ramonia is a sexy voice lady in a blade. I know another blade like that. Oh, Oh, uh, you can find You're us at wrong. Taliesin and just saying you can find us at Taliesin and Evertel on YouTube. You can find us at Taliesin Evertel on uh, Twitch, and you can watch this show being recorded live on that Twitch channel. And you can find us on Twitter, where we will tell you when we're recording this show live on Twitch.
0: <laughs> How about that, eh? you should do that yes yes uh is a show you can find on twitter at wow killer cast and uh you should also go check out the youtube youtube.com slash wow go do that uh for me i'm on twitter at garrett art you can find me on there squeeing about it's 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 december man i'm so delightfully off topic i'm modifying cars and making eggnog from scratch that's what i'm tweeting Very about nice. it's great it's wonderful. Everything else is at amove.tv. Go check it out. This podcast and every other one that I produce. So go go see everything over there. Amove. They're all very
1: good. They
0: are except for except good. for that one. I like
1: all of them. There's one. This is just... my favorite, obviously, but they're all very good.
0: Why? Thank you. Why? Thank you. It's all right. And that's gonna that's gonna bring us to the end of this episode. Hope you all enjoyed it. Have a happy new year, and we'll see you all very soon.
1: end of the show end of the show no more show that is the end of the show